All right, it's time for another week of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, isn't it, buddy? Yes! Uh, So, before we get started with the episode, you know the drill. We're going to tell you about the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, like our social media pages, where you can interact with us all week, every week. We're not doing anything else. You can find us on Facebook, You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, at Can't Disappoint Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter, at You Can't Disappod. All kinds of ways to interact with us and do fun polls and whatever we feel like doing every week. Yeah, please send us your questions, thoughts, concerns, favorite moment from the episode, your MVP. Um, and you can send that over to our email at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. We also have something else pretty exciting coming up. On okay. February 1st, we are officially launching our Patreon. What? what? We're going to have a few different tiers that have goodies sprinkled out throughout them all, but we're going to do some pretty exciting stuff um, every week live for you guys and we're gonna get to interact even more with you so we're super excited yeah that's gonna be a great way to support us and to help us take things farther while also providing you a lot of extra content one of the touchstones of that is our new weekly live streamed pre-podcast you can't disappre show which every Thursday in January is streaming for free on our social media platforms. Those have been a lot of fun, and we hope you hang out with us on those. And starting in February, we hope you'll support us on Patreon and join us there for those live stream events and all kinds of exclusive podcasts. And yeah, yeah, we've been talking their ear off. Let's get into the episode of the podcast. Are you ready, Stephen? Away we go! When will the movie be released? When is life released? Every minute of our lives is a world premiere, and my father's already bought the popcorn. Excuse me, Abed, but you aren't actually trying to say that you're Jesus, are you? I am who you say I am. The year oh 2021. <laughs> okay. Many things happened. Some good, some bad. But one of them was an episode of a podcast starring two men, almost. Stephen and Zach. Hi everyone. Where are you going I'm, with this? I'm one of those two men. Hi everybody and welcome to the first recorded episode <laughs> of 2021. Yeah. Of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Okay. I'm I'm half of this dynamic duo. I'm Steven, and I have to admit to everybody that I am actually um, the ski lift ninja uh, who ripped his crotch, and it was painful, and I didn't appreciate having to relive that three times uh, getting ready for this. So, I know it's Thanks. my turn to introduce myself now, but that was a lot to unpack, Steven, and I didn't have any quips really prepared this time. Uh, I just want to give a special thanks to Tay Zande for that opening that you all just heard. Um, Later on in the podcast, he'll be performing Chocolate Rain for all of us. And, and, I, and I guess I'm Zach. Uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, it is the first one of 2021. And I, like yesterday, going into this, I was feeling really like energized and ready to start nailing this thing out again. And then the last couple days, or yesterday and today now, have been not yeah, the then best. the Fire Nation attack. Yeah, so. then the Fire Nation attack. So now it's... It's, it's immediately clear that it is true. We're just going right back into the way the last year started off, but or ended <laughs> off. But I'm, I, I am glad to be back and to be doing something silly and to talk about community. Uh, shout out, as always, to our proud community, Papa, at Communities. Uh, we just, we need to talk about, 
Because we're doing the Patreon soon, and we just started doing our live show every week before we yeah, started recording. Yeah, that was super uh, fun. You can't diss a pre-show. You can go back and watch this week's, uh, if you missed it, back on YouTube or on Twitter, which you really should if you didn't. It was a lot of fun. And we'll start doing that every week in January for free before we launch the Patreon in February. And soon we're going to give out all the information about all the different tiers and all the stuff that you can get. It's going to be really fun. But yeah. today we got to get right into things because we've got a really special guest, don't we? We Steven? do. We do have a very special guest. She's very special in my heart, <laughs> and my life, and the lives of many. Mm. It's it's my mom, the the famed, the infamous, the well, the many <laughs> times talked about, never before seen. Hi, mom. Hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome it's me. to the show. Yeah, Steven's mom. <laughs> very special in Stephen's heart and soon to be special in the hearts of all of our listeners, I think, based off of how much fun we just had doing that live stream. That yeah. was crazy. So I guess immediately before we get into community, I uh, will go ahead, Stephen, tell everyone about your mom again. Okay. People that don't know what she is and what she does and all right. why she's cool. Um, so my mom's super cool. Uh, <laughs> she has a lot of experience. She was a psychology <laughs> major in college uh at harvard so she's wicked smart i'm sorry what was that harvard i is that is that a small school i don't oh uh, yeah that's a, it's a small community college up in not, boston not super impressive in thousands no. of ways or anything yeah they're okay. not that great Just at checking. sports so yeah. why would you care yeah um they, <laughs> they can read good though um <laughs> uh but yeah she has worked um in charter school research uh employment coaching um, she has been an interim pastor places and worked um, for you know church ministries before. Um, my grandparents, her parents, are both ministers, um, so she's well versed in that field as well. Uh, but currently, she is a—I don't know her actual job title—but she works for a really cool consulting group that helps with special education curriculum. So awesome! Big fan of that. Well, we're Hi. glad that you're here. <laughs> How are Thank you? Thank you. How's it going? Thank you. I'm doing great. It's Did so, I miss makes me so proud. I didn't mention how beautiful she is. Oh, thanks, Steven. So for any um, professional <clears throat> Formula One drivers or European soccer players watching this, or, or Joel Keanu McHale, Reeves. if Joel McHale, we know you're listening in if your marriage <laughs> crumbles out of nowhere. Hey Joel. Um Keanu Reeves. She likes you a lot. Yes. I am I am a huge Keanu Reeves fan. I don't uh, think you're old enough for Keanu Reeves, fan. I, I appreciate him, see, because a fan is someone who can never truly connect with him. I have an appreciation for him mm. and what he represents. Mm. And also, John Wick movies are the <laughs> bee's knees. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. And thanks, Stephen, for saying all those things, even though you have no idea what I do for work. But thanks. <laughs> He sure made it sound I did a like business. He did. <laughs> he it... did. He got close. He got close. <laughs> so running a podcast is still something that's rel- not new anymore, but still something that we're picking up. To Steven, does it feel weird to be like, everyone, welcome to the show. The woman who birthed and raised Yeah, me. a little and bit. <laughs> with you, Mary, who actually has a name other than Steven's mom. Uh, mm-hmm. Does it feel weird to be like, oh, thanks for having me on the show, Steve. Big fan. <laughs> Is it strange? Are you kidding Long me? I'm so time. geeked about this. I've been nice. so excited. And actually, poor Steven, I've been hounding him for quite a while about coming on and airing my grievances. <laughs> and um... Almost since day one. She had a surprising <laughs> amount of one. issues before we even had an episode. I was like, so oh, I, I have a lot of things to say <laughs> about you young guys and your misconceptions about people on the show. <laughs> 
But no, so, I'm I'm really excited to be here, and I'm proud of you guys because this this podcast is is really fun. <laughs> it's fun to do. I love doing it, and yeah, it's it's been cool to watch it grow. Uh, thanks to everyone who's here new this week because of the Joel McHale episode last week. That was a lot of fun, and it's going to be more of the same if you stick around. Less That's celebrities, right. but hey, hang out us. till the end for a special appearance by a secret celebrity. Who could it be? Got to watch till the end. We'll know if you fast forward. That's right. Less celebrities, more moms. <laughs> that sounds only like a positive to me. So I really don't see what's there wrong with that. So I do yeah. feel like because recently we've been given a lot of compliments for the way that we talk about things that are current and and how much we care about stuff like that and how, I don't know, it's always felt like it's okay to do a silly show when weird stuff is going on because it's always going on. But if you don't address it and it feels like you're not allowed to be silly and weird. I don't know. I feel like we've got to talk about it for a second. And uh, you, your perspective is one that I think is is really great and really informed. And I think you're great at bridging the gap without treating anyone with kid gloves. And mm. I think that's so important to not just be like, well, let's just all get along and everything's fine. And pretend. I, I, just, I really love your perspective. So I would love yeah. to hear anything that you'd like to say about what you've been thinking the last couple of days. Well, you know, it's been, um, I think sometimes what people forget is that some of this is scary for those of us who predicted it and people ignored it. So, Oh, it's definitely not surprising. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It should not be surprising for Mm -hmm. most people that this is what it's come to. Um, because words have a lot of power and they have, um, they have meaning and you have to be responsible with them. And I think from the start, we've said that, you know, maybe it's not great for the most powerful person in the free world to be using Twitter to uh, to at people. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not, you know, when you go after Chrissy Teigen, I mean, <laughs> maybe you could do that if you're Zendaya. But I think you need to get, you know, jump back a little bit. If John Legend tweeted something hateful at me, I'd be like, what did I do to the universe? But... <laughs> You know, I mean, it doesn't matter. He he uh, is welcomes all comers, and you know, it's like he's challenging people. I feel like we've been in the octagon just <laughs> getting yeah. battered for a long time with this. Yes, guy. but I am proud of you guys because you did. Huh. Um, I appreciated your uh, your fundraiser for Black Lives Matter. I think that um, just looking at having the conversation, you know, as to guys who could be really concerned with all the other things in the world, because certainly you've got stuff going on, you've got real life, um, but you took time out, I think, to say that that was important, um, that you wanted to talk about what was happening, and I think it's always good to be able to laugh. People need humor. Yes. They need mm-hmm. something to you know get them through this weird Mm. year i said that 2020 my motto was well welcome to your consequences because we all must have done something (laughs) terrible (laughs) to make 2020 happen i mean it was bad enough when Mm. like people just started dropping off but i was like i mean alex trebek and james bond Mm. come on i mean in Mm. one year and regis and regis man regis yeah. You know, there were a lot of people who were really hit hard by that one. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I feel like it's been a tough year, but yeah. um, stepping up to the plate and talking about things that, that matter not just to you, but matter to other people mm-hmm. and talking about things that even though they're not your experiences, that you still were able to bring um, some attention to that. So I appreciate it. And I think that's what's really been important. So mm-hmm. keep doing that. Keep being Thank who you. you are. You can soar. 
I don't think we at all claim to be people who have <laughs> it all figured out, but I don't know. We definitely talk about this stuff, and it's on our mind, and it's hard not to be. It's really sad what's going on, and it's really sad how numb to what's happening, I feel. I mean, yeah. there was literally a, a coup, people trying to overthrow the government process, and it feels like, yeah, yeah, that probably makes sense. What, they have guns, they shoot people, yeah, yeah, that That's makes right. sense. Yeah. And, and then when you dig into that, like the police in the Capitol taking selfies yeah. with people who had actually breached security in a way that would have gotten anybody else shot on site. People like saying nothing like this happened for, since people. like the 1800s when people, <laughs> right. like, people made it into the yeah. Capitol building. It's, I, yeah. I saw one tweet really that said this was the uh, worst production of, of Les Mis they'd ever seen, and I thought yeah. that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> it, was uh. just, it, was, it was surreal, but it was also something that I, I mean, I called it, I've heard people, um, you know, in circles where I'm working, with like social justice and diversity and equity talking about how we're we're going to reap what we've sown mm-hmm. you know you allow somebody to go unchecked this long mm-hmm. they will mobilize people and i know that there've been a lot of comparisons to um other charismatic psycho leaders over mm-hmm. time and let me say this is exactly how it starts you don't mm-hmm. need um you don't even need a whole country you just need to mobilize a group of people who will get you the power that you need and then to convince other people that they have like an enemy, even if that enemy mm. doesn't really even exist. Mm. Right. So mm-hmm. they've created this false persecution of we're asking you to wear a mask so people don't die. Oh, my gosh, you're taking away. <laughs> my rights. How dare you yeah. tread on me? You know, like, <laughs> like OK, whatever. And yet I got to pay for extra sauce at McDonald's. But you don't complain (laughs) about that. You complain about the mask. The mask is the hill you choose to die on, right? It's it's so hard because, like, obviously everything – I believe everything Trump does is awful. It's cool that he wanted to get us 2,000, but but everything that he does is is, is awful, (laughs) terrible. However, is it not so impressive the way that he – from the beginning, the way that he – just has gotten people to where like he is the gospel and and mm-hmm. if he says something's wrong it's wrong and obviously yeah. that's so dangerous but man are we living through history and it's so imagine if interesting like he like had watch. good goals it's so scary yeah <laughs> yeah literally the speech that he gave after after the the stuff happened when he was like yeah. all right guys mm-hmm. take a nap uh you've earned it let me give you a juice box i love you yeah. you guys Bad are people. sweet Thanks for thinking of me. Why couldn't he have said something like that during the previous protests? Why couldn't he he come out as a president and been like, I understand your struggle. I hear you. I I love you. And how is it still an argument? Where does he lie? You know, how are we still asking that question, really? How are people still upping that he's not racist or that he's not a spokesperson for if he's racism aside if he's not a spokesperson for white yeah. supremacists in the country yeah like how right. how could anyway anyway and remember how fun it was to talk about how colin kaepernick was certainly trying to destroy the democracy by well, taking yeah. a knee right but you know he didn't bust any windows at the capitol mm. nobody had to pull guns on him because he was threatening the lives mm. of senators elected officials and um you know and representatives and people are hiding in there like this is not good 
Yeah, I mean, Donald know, Trump terrible. condoned domestic terrorism. Like, it's ridiculous. Right. And it he is. neglected to call the National Guard. He, When the order was eventually mm-hmm. called for people to put a stop to it, it wasn't him. It was mm-hmm. the vice president. Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, that is very, very telling. Yeah. But here's the thing that I, as a person who is much, much uh, older than you gentlemen. Well, you um, keep up, no problem. He, right. Listen, he's always been that way. Like, nobody liked Donald Trump because he was rich. He was one of those personalities that you knew he was only out for himself. There was no question in my mind. I mean, even his appearance in Home Alone 2, we're all <laughs> yeah. like, eh, whatever. It was yeah. funny, right? He's a he's a total caricature of himself. His yeah. marriages were, you know, women went crazy about it, mm-hmm. going off on him. Marla Maples was on an episode of Designing Women and, like, was talking about, how none of um, those words made sense to me <laughs> okay so Wait, marla, marla maples was, was wife number two i think okay. and and so like he just i mean she was on an episode of designing women and it was a whole thing about you know he's a jerk and he's this mm-hmm. and he's that because he dumped her too and then there was also um in the movie first wives club please tell me you've seen it zach steven have you seen it back me up i haven't seen it yes i've seen <sighs> first wives club I always blame it a little bit on, I I love a lot of things about my growing up, but my parents were older to an extent where they weren't really handing me stuff to watch. Mm -hmm. They weren't really showing me stuff. So I I kind of found what I I liked on my own. So Mm -hmm. I've missed a Mm -hmm. lot of stuff that I feel like my parents didn't pass on to me. And I look forward to one day passing my kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I made them watch the classic. I had to watch The Breakfast Club right off the bat. John Hughes and First Wives Club, um, Ivana Trump. His first wife goes, don't get half, get everything. Like, you know, it's like, (laughs) so, I mean, everyone thought of him as that guy. The reason why The Apprentice was so big is because Donald Trump had money and also because he was mean. He was like, you're fired, you're fired. I mean, and people love to see him be mean and nasty. He's never been a person. So why do you expect different when he's running a country? Yeah. Yeah. And now that he's lost. So how did this happen? Oh my God. He made the right people the enemy. He, I'm not surprised at all that He demonized everybody yeah. that he needed to. We come from where we come from. We know exactly. the way that we people know. eat up this stuff. I <laughs> sure. was surprised that the election went the way that it did. And I hate to see all of the fallout, but I'm so glad that we're moving towards something different, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. both in the presidency and then now in the House and the Senate. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. But yeah. that's enough of that stuff. We talked long enough about it. We can check it off the list. Let's talk mm-hmm. about community, something totally different than that. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! We're talking about season two, episode five. We haven't recorded one of these in like a month. It's been a good while since we've mm-hmm. gone through an episode of community. I so know. I, it. It's been 84 years. <laughs> It's felt like we're talking about messianic myths and ancient peoples, a definite standout in a lot of ways episodes. It's one Mm -hmm. that no matter how you feel about it, it sticks out for sure. So I'm excited to talk about it, Mm -hmm. uh, both with you, Stephen, and our lovely guest today. It was Mm -hmm. directed by Tristram Shapiro, who previously uh, directed Contemporary American Poultry. And he directs so many episodes coming up in the future. He does two more in season two, but he did seven episodes in season three. He did seven episodes of season four, so like half of the se- the season he directed. Wow. And same with season five, he did six of them. So he's a, a big name. And Move he's over, starting to direct Russo all brothers. There's yeah, a new sure. gunslinger on the ranch. <laughs> yes, okay. And it was written by Andrew Guest, who previously wrote Advanced Criminal Law, Romantic Expressionism, 
and in the future writes Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, which is a huge episode, mm-hmm. and A Fistful of Paintballs, which I think is what yeah. my mom said is one of her favorite episodes two, yeah. in the pre-show. Yeah, just rattle off two of my favorites. And it so originally aired October twenty first, two thousand ten. Yeah, so that's all that. Um, mm-hmm. Let's before we talk opinions into it, because I'm really excited to have. Uh, someone who who is who is a professional and has extensive knowledge on religion to take an yeah. episode that is really silly about religion, and this show has been silly about religion in ways that I think works really well. But this episode tries to do something different with it, and mm-hmm. I think that on paper it works, but I don't know if the big picture works for me. We'll get. I don't know exactly what they were trying to accomplish and if they do it or not. But they mm-hmm. got a lot of stuff right within the episode. I don't know. It's it's a lot to unpack, and I'm excited to do it. But before we do, let's do some trivia with each other. Tri- 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 trivia. Act trivia. <laughs> we want to thank our sponsor for today. Jamie Lee uh, Curtis. Exactly. <laughs> Just the uh, Check out True Lies or Freaky Friday. Or the new Halloween films. Pretty good. I liked the new Halloween film. Yeah. Have you not I seen it? Too. I haven't. Okay, I haven't seen the newest one. I was thinking of the Rob Zombie one, which I no. Did not there's love. the new ones that star Jamie Lee Curtis again, and they're pretty good. But anyway, yeah. I think uh, your mother and I have more questions than you, don't we? I have five. You, Probably. we all have five. So then, who's going first? Then you go first. Okay. Fine. All right. Question number one: What, according to Abed, did Ben Lyons call the greatest story ever told? I am legend. Yes. <laughs> And Shirley says, "Oh, I might have to rent that." Or something I don't think like Shirley that. would like "I Am Legend." I don't think Shirley much. would like that at all. I don't know if I liked "I Am Legend." Yeah, no. <laughs> Especially because I watched it again, like maybe within the last two years at least, and I was like, "Huh." So that's. So that happened. I feel like now that Will Smith isn't exactly the leading man material that he was really dependently for a long time, mm-hmm. some of those movies were like, were they actually good or did we all just really like Will Smith a lot? Because <laughs> he's super likable. But yeah. anyway. He's super likable. Anyway, okay. But he only um, has one face that he does when things are going badly. It's the... It gets me every time, though. <laughs> Pursuit of Happiness, I've never not cried at that movie. Listen, same face that he uses in like eight pounds. Oh, that's a rough same. one. That was a killer visual gag for this audio-only <laughs> podcast. Nailed it. Make sure you're... Oh, I can't even joke about... Check that out on the Patreon, because now we actually are going to have gonna one. We're going to be having so a I Patreon. I can't make those yeah. jokes and anymore. It, I think we have to make jokes about it, because it's infinitely <laughs> silly, and I think we can have fun with it. I'll give a question. Uh, what shadow puppet does Pierce create in the opening tag? Ooh, that's got to be uh, Dolly Parton with a hot dog in her mouth. That's <gasps> what it is. Yeah. Which I wish that they let him go because I was curious how he was going to do that. It looked like, I don't know, I didn't get that right away. That's what it is. All right, (laughs) our guest, why don't you go ahead? Okay. Give us one. Um, What does Troy call the group of old people who hang out in the cafeteria? Ooh, the the, The the, the myths, the legends, the hipsters. That's right. And why does he call them that? They've all had hip replacements. (laughs) (laughs) It was a good joke. It is a good, a good one. Another reason why Troy is my favorite because he says it without like any irony. Like, yeah. just, he's just like it's just lore. Mm, the hips. Yeah. <laughs> <He's accepted. laughs> right. It is truth. Um, all right. Um, who does Pierce pretend to remember when he's looking at his poker card? Uh, it's either Victoria or Veronica. I wrote down Veronica, but it could very well be Victoria. Then it's probably Veronica. But it's- <laughs> Poker helps him remember, and he's looking yeah. at Veronica. <laughs> Very funny. Right? Funny stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, uh, what bingo letter slash number combination do the hipsters call out when covering up their poker after the dean walks in? Anybody grab it? The the bingo number they called out. I have a guess, but I'm not Go for it. it. Uh, was it B6 or G6? It was B. It was B19. B19. G won't be 6. It, the numbers get higher as the letters go. you played much more six bingo would, than I have. I've only played art class bingo where it's just you cover up a picture of a painting when she says the artist. My name. parents are 150 years old. They come from a time when all there was to do was bingo. They, Zach may not have grown up on Scarface and Carlito's Way, but God damn it, he did grow up on some bingo. <laughs> Okay, right. what do you got? I Throw love it. Another okay. one All right. Um, so, to whom does Abed compare Jesus? There are three. Ooh, I know this Robo-cop. one. Robocop. No, no, those mm-hmm. are the movies. No, yeah, were... it was uh. E.T. Uh huh. I'll let you go the rest. This is one of my questions. Well, no, so. you, you got it. You got. Then go ahead. Uh, it was E.T. Edward Scissorhands and Marty okay. McFly, and okay. I definitely yeah. see the Edward Scissorhands one. Um, for sure, and a little bit the E.T. Marty McFly is a, a bit of a stretch for Jesus for me. I wish he'd gone with Powder instead, if you've ever seen the movie Powder. Super duper. I don't duper. think anyone's seen oh, the movie Jesus metaphor. Oh, yeah. You Who's haven't in that? seen the movie Powder? He's well, bald, it, it, is, it is an obscure one. Okay. It's an obscure one, but it, it's worth watching. Okay. Because there was another movie with John Travolta, and I can't remember what that was called, where he had a similar, like, he was similar to the Powder character, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work as because well. it's it's old like heavy john travolta mm-hmm. which you know for those of us who are like saturday night fever john travolta it's sad it's to not, watch. it doesn't work yeah it's kind of <laughs> sad to watch but anyway but powder's a good movie it's a good movie and i get that steve i think that's a good a good choice mm-hmm. however the matrix <laughs> he's the one because neo well, has it's the all, same letters i mean they all one. loosely follow the hero's journey you know like sure. the person goes off on their quest there's con- I don't who know, awakens you can draw a lot something. of yeah you can draw a lot of comparisons mm-hmm. yeah. like the spongebob squarepants movie is truly a yeah a biblical uh okay. i don't know some, well when david hasselhoff when he <laughs> yeah. rides david hasselhoff across the water it's a religious Is that the experience. Second one? It's mm-hmm. a religious That's experience. That's the first one. That's the first one. Yeah. It's the Hoff. <laughs> Is it my turn? Uh, it's my turn, I think. Okay. Um, now, this might be a, a bit of a toughie because it was kind of going on in the background. Um, but in heaven, where is ice cream? And more importantly, <laughs> where is it not? It's everywhere, but never on your thighs. Correct. <laughs> that was in Troy's rap in the end. And yeah. I have a question that goes deeper into that a little bit later. So. Oh, good. I hope you're paying attention. <laughs> uh, what does old lady hipster tell Pierce to grow when he objects to drunk driving? Oh, what so did she grow call a, them? Grow a... What is a name I'm, for Pierce. Wav dabble. No, come on. Actually try. Uh, grow a, grow, what do you say? A dong? Grow a schmeckle. A schmeckle. Grow a schmeckle. <laughs> I like I'll that. buy those for 25 schmeckles. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right. Denied. What you got for us? Well, let's see. Mm. Oh, okay. So one of my favorite moments in this episode. Um, so... Abed saying that all story, all movies are stories about death and resurrection, and the dean says, "Well, but not what movie." All stories are, but not. I remember the examples yeah. that 
they gave that it was. That it was, because he says the Matrix, right? Mm-hmm. He Which says, one like, does Robo the Dean try to pull out and then essentially oh, prove Wrath, Wrath, point? Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. A, a good installment good, yeah. of the Star Trek series. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Star Trek movies all across the board uh, for the most part hit never well. seen never seen a, a single star trek it'd be worth watching the new ones even those were good yeah yeah but do i start I with like that it. should i just watch the new ones or should i go back and try to watch like watch the, the original the OG. i think you could start with the new ones did you ever watch star trek the series never have did you watch you didn't watch the next generation either never have i wasn't really ever into sci-fi until i i didn't even really get into star wars till i was more an adult yeah, you need to watch more cheesy television stuff. That's just oh, I watch like the plenty of cheesy. Special <laughs> effects are bad, but they're so good because they're hilarious. And at the same time, you know, you got William Shatner, the mm-hmm. Shat. He's always doing things that are. <laughs> He's always Shat. doing things. <laughs> that's He's a good description for William scoundrel. Shatner. <laughs> um, I'm going to forego this round because one of mine has been used. So Zach, it's on you. <laughs> Okay, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. What does Abed suggest God could send to end his project? There were two physical distractions that could Rain? End. Yes. A meteor. Yes. <laughs> A meteor. I feel like that'd be overkill, though, because clearly he could have just shut down the power and it would have mm. helped things. I mean, it mm, would have taken right. care of things. Steve, you and I are coming back strong with the truth. I know. We, we normally do terribly on yeah. these. Yeah. You so, guys are doing a great job. Usually, I tried to hit you with some softballs. Also, your sister which came I appreciate. Up some of these questions for nice. me. Because in her words, you mean you didn't watch this 20 times and come up with mm-hmm. a long list of trivia questions, Mom? What are you thinking? Yeah. What do you think? We got a whole two hours? Yeah, like, right? <laughs> I know. 30-minute show. Come you on. should have an episode that's just trivia. Just We could. <laughs> We should, okay, yeah. so what is the tagline of the movie? Oh, I don't know. Is it what's on the poster? Yes. Is it like in a spiral? Is it like mm-hmm. the same thing repeated over and over? Listen, why don't you just ask what the answer is, Zach? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think <laughs> I like, know I'll it. I'll take a clue what, yeah. and well, a clue. All is all. And I'll what buy is, a vowel. Is. My phone <laughs> a friend will be. I a friend. <laughs> He said the story of the story is mm. the story. Mm. But the part that's that not on the poster is, and the story is us. Which Aww. I actually think is a pretty insightful that's thing nice. to say. Sure. Yeah. Even though it, I don't know that it really applies to the movie, it does <laughs> sure. apply to, I think, like theology and the Bible. Some people might disagree, but then they don't have a podcast. So. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Screw you guys. Get a podcast if you're going right. opinions. Yes. Why don't you just go get a podcast? Your mom has a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, my, my final question. According to Leonard, why is Pierce Jeff's worst nightmare? Because he's old and doesn't care. Exa- the, the exact, I'll, I'll accept that, Zachary. Um, but the exact <laughs> answer was he's old and doesn't give a damn. Oh, okay. Much like the guy in Casablanca, which I have not seen, but I've seen some scenes. I don't. Th- are you thinking, frankly, my dear? I don't give a damn because yeah. I don't think that's gone that with would the be wind. gone with the, the wind. wind. Oh, yeah. it, he hits a woman in it. I don't know. It's, it's which we've already discussed that you can't. That that movie was <laughs> Gone with the Wind is not the movie to see. Is no. Casablanca also racist? 
You know what? I, um, I mean, there's probably not any black people in it, right? <laughs> well, in <laughs> black and white there movies, is. Play Zach, it again, you really Sam. can't tell at nighttime. I have oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a block. The musical Sam? Negro. It's a black guy? It's a musical Negro. Yes. Yeah. I so it is that racist. Is. That is a trope. <laughs> so it's it is one racist. of those things that just mm-hmm. pops up. It's like the guy who's playing happily. I sure do love piano, boss. Did we answer your question? You did. My last question. In Troy's rap at the end, what foods make up the kingdom of heaven? So Stephen got the last part of it in his question. The ice cream is everywhere, but never on your thighs. But there are two foods that are mentioned before it. Oh, my goodness. You your mom's helping us look real good on trivia. I know. Week. I know, I'm right? I'm appreciative of this. We came back energized. This is makeup for all the years that we'd watch Jeopardy together, and she would answer all the questions correctly, and I would not. It's true. It's true. This is your time to shine, Steve. Yeah, and I am. Do you know it? I am. My star is fading, Zach. The entire lyric was, the walls are brownies, the tables are pies, <laughs> the tables ice are cream pie. is everywhere, but never on your thighs. That's a bar <laughs> right there. It's really good. Okay, so let's like get right into it. I envision a good place like that. I do you have one like... more question? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, your mom. Do you have one more question? Um, okay. Your mom. So this one is from your uh, younger sister. Uh-oh. How many cookies does Leonard steal? Six. Like six. Six! Look at you guys. <laughs> See? Nice. You, you guys are doing really, really Seasons well. and a movie. hey oh. It was. It's a hint. That's the seat. That's the hint right there. <laughs> they put it in the show. Okay, let's move on to something else. What did people write into us? Okay, uh, let's see here. Let me pull up my, my, uh, my letter <laughs> opener. Get these bad boys open. <laughs> That was the sound of the letter opening for those. You already, you already yeah, said sure. it. <laughs> we figured. Uh, you should add that. Callback. You should add um, a sound of a letter. He did opening. it for us. Now I don't have to. Yeah, I handle most of the sound effects, uh, at least the audio <laughs> for them. I just send Zach random sounds Wait, throughout the day. At least the audio for them. What else is there to a sound effect? Well, you you edit them into the <laughs> podcast, you know. I... <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Um, I'm going to open the first one from our community compapa. I was gonna say compadre because like padre, but it was it, it was downhill fast. Swing and a miss, buddy. Hi guys. Just in case I'm too late, I just wanted to say I'm enjoying the podcast. Messianic Myths is one of my favorites because it has one of my favorite moments in all the series when Abed and Shirley talk about humbling each other. I know that's great. Um, also, people have had different sure. opinions about what happens at the end, but I've generally held to the idea that what Shirley does is choose. Abed over what she wants. It's a theme that comes back in the season three finale where Shirley chooses Jeff over the fight with Pierce. Mm-hmm. Communities, Matt. Thanks, communities. Thoughtful insight as always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. The next one I've got here is from Danny. Happy 2021, Zach and Steve. Is it weird to say 2021 instead of 2021? It is, and I don't know if happy is the right descriptor. Yeah. So (laughs) So you're off to a slow start. I said, uh, okay. Congrats on the awesome Joel McHale interview. That was crazy cool and definitely a great beginning for the year. Super excited for you guys. Thank you. Uh, for some reason, this has never been one of my favorite episodes, but paying more that. attention as I rewatched it, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit more than I remembered. My favorite, not funniest, moment was Abed and Shirley's resolution. It gave me all the warm feelings I needed after all the madness going on right now. As for mm. the funniest moment, I'm just going to say any time the Dean was in the scene, Jim Rash is just a comedic <laughs> genius. True. He's so funny. <laughs> he doesn't have to do anything he's so good. and he's funny. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Rude, and also not the whole story, but... (laughs) Uh, Here are my questions. 
Name a related video that was shown on YouTube in the opening scene. I'm going to go ahead and take God of Farts. Uh, yeah. Well, you mentioned the ninja who groins something. I don't know. Yeah, the, the ski lift ninja. That was me, mm -hmm. Zach. I was on a ski lift, and I got caught on the wrong place. And Was there one that was, like, Nazi-related? I think that was the news. Or am Zach, I just thinking of current events? That was just the news. I love how God of Farts, 17 million people watched God of Farts. And nine people were at Shirley's church. Life. Not a if lot that's of not Duncan in, yeah. in this episode, but he had a couple of good line deliveries with, with the yeah. Yeah, 17 million. Just, <laughs> just We're like, so you're not even going to try to teach us anymore? He's like, yep. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> um, how many people are part of the hipsters? Now, not including Pierce, it's six, right? I think it's there's four Five. of them. There's, oh, there's four, two older right. men, there's Leonard, mm -hmm. and there's a woman. That's true. Mm -hmm. I just assumed six because of the cookies, but you're right. Mm. Yeah. Um, when Shirley is first, exactly. When Shirley is first talking to Abed about the movie, she says, "If it needs, it needs to be cool and addictive, like that video of a kitten falling the... asleep." Mm-hmm. I think that's right. <laughs> um, it's pretty cute. It's fun yeah. to watch. It's it's pretty adorable. highly recommended. I love it. I like. There's a compilation of puppies falling asleep that I saw no. one time. That's pretty cute too. They're so. It's small. adorable. <laughs> Have um, you seen Keanu Reeves play with puppies? No, but I should. <laughs> and answer questions. It sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, That's it does. pretty special. Um, what movies do Abed and the Dean reference when talking about movies of death and resurrection? So we already talked about The Matrix, Matrix. RoboCop, and Robocop. Wrath of Khan. There was one other that he that Abed mentioned. Mm -hmm. I got no clue. I don't know. Oh, it was. Um, we did mention it. Okay. <laughs> Did we? Yeah. What, what, then what was it? Because it was the third one. Oh, no. I was thinking of Marty McFly again. Sorry. Mm. Um, fun wait, wait. thing. What, this is somewhat related because my mom loves Michael J. Fox. Zach has one of the coolest things related to Michael J. Fox I've ever seen. I have his autograph. I have Michael no. J. Fox's autograph. I used to have it in here, so I can't show it. But this is yeah, it's pretty cool. When I was a kid... I fell in love with Back to the Future, and it was one of those movies that made me a movie kid. And I was probably 10, and I wrote him a letter, and he responded. And you would, like, send a headshot and have them sign it. And he sent back and wrote, like, Zachary, all the best, Michael J. Fox. And I've had it uh, in a frame since I was, like, 10 years old. I yeah. think that is very cool. And Michael J. Fox has... Um... I mean, of course, a character from my teen years when I had a very big crush on him. Um, and I remember when his wife, Tracy, starred on Family Ties with him. Great show. Mm. Great I haven't show. watched Family Ties. Well, we'll have to remedy that sometime. <laughs> well, he sure did watch My Little Pony Friendship. He sure Friday. did. Sure he did. sure did. <laughs> you know, you got to choose. Choices. Yeah. See, yeah. Choices. Yeah. <laughs> Think about your choices. But, yeah, I really like Michael J. Fox. And, and I think that it's cool that you got his autograph, you know, because his the whole thing with um, with his speaking out so much about Parkinson's mm. was um, mm -hmm. has been really helpful. I mean, it's probably done more for fundraising yeah. than any other single person who talked about it aside from Muhammad Ali. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Such a, I don't know, a, a shining example of someone who continued to do good work even after such an awful diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And right. something like, you know, Alex Trebek comes to mind, someone who, yeah. like, 
really in mm-hmm. Michael J. Fox has been doing it for 20 years or more where yeah. he's just right. constantly looking his mortality in the eye and still choosing mm-hmm. to be humble and kind and and work and I, it's super impressive before yeah. I forget that, to ask because I know you'll know Zach what was the yeah, show what? that he was on recently like within the last few years wasn't he on a didn't he have a show I on know like he's, Fox or he was an attorney he, he had a show called the, Good the Michael Wife? J. Fox show oh, okay. that was like a sitcom that he was an older man with Parkinson's and like his family but it was only on for like a season mm-hmm. he was on Spin City in like Spin the early 2000s yes. okay. mm-hmm. he was in a couple episodes of Scrubs I remember watching that when uh-huh. I was little. I don't yeah, know—is nice. that what you were thinking but, of, or something else? Uh, yeah. Might have been the Michael J. Fox show. I thought there was something recent. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, he's the man. Also, your brother did go as Marty McFly one That's year pretty cool. for Halloween, and somebody we drove around in a golf cart. Uh, the moms while the kids trick or treated, and Ryan just hung on to the back, and we just drove <laughs> on a <laughs> <That's> skateboard, <awesome. laughs> hanging on to the back for the full. Marty McFly effect. Totally. Gotta do it. it. Gotta yep. do it. <laughs> Thanks for writing in, Danny. She says warm hugs to us from Hi, Chicago. Danny. Nice. Alrighty, Bo Bidey. We have a third email um, from Pedro, who, Pedro, thanks for joining us in the live stream today. Um, he says, Knocked Up is Kim Jong's first movie. Who else from the community universe was in the movie? Hint, the actor is the reason Kim delivered the baby. No cheating. Who else from Community? Is, was it, in that movie? is it Knocked Up? And Knocked Up. Ken Jong was had was a Shirley cameo in, in Knocked Up. Yeah. Oh. Was it? Was it Yvette? Yvette Nicole Brown. Yvette? It might have been. Yeah. Maybe. Was it? I have no idea. If I were gonna guess someone, I would guess probably was she a nurse Allison Brie. When uh Catherine Heigl has the baby in the Maybe let's. I haven't seen no, this. Isn't a knocked up podcast. I don't know this stuff. <laughs> Listen, I've, I I've seen that one. Knock up cast. <laughs> they don't all have to follow that same. <laughs> Them's the rules. <laughs> You're looking it up, aren't you? The, the email am. specifically said not to. It might be a cameo. You might not find it easily. You never know. This is just this is just a rousing audio podcast. For us. Right. Well, that's what I am doing this for. All those right? people, yeah, all those people who are tuning in from last week are just immediately turning it off when we took two minutes to to, to figure out who had a cameo in there. You got it. it did not show up. Nothing. Bj right. Novak was in it. That's okay. We didn't get it, Pedro. How about you write us in and tell us the answer? Yeah, I don't recognize the names. Yeah. Uh, Fun tie-in, Stormy Daniels was in Knocked Up. She sued Donald Trump. Okay. Who hasn't there you at this go. point? Yeah. Who hasn't? So let's get right into the next thing. Uh, still right before we get into the opinions on the episode. Let's first, I think now it's time for Steven to give his uh, time description of the episode. Oh, I'm going to get my, no. what are we calling it? We're calling this, did Steven watch the episode this week? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Shaking it off. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna set the timer with 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Let's see how much of what happened in this episode All right. can get to us in that time. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one, go. YouTube is poison and God's not there. So Shirley's really upset about it. But her church is like, hey yo, let's put Jesus on the internet. And so she goes to filmmaker Abed and she's like, Abed, let's make a movie about Jesus. He's like, I'm Jesus. We are all Jesus. God is life. Film is God. Let's make it. And Shirley's like, I don't know if that's blasphemous. And everyone really has hype with it because he's like Chris Angel in that bad boy. And then they all resolve it in the end and they humble themselves and it all gets resolved. Also, Pierce joins old people and starts a gang with them. Time. 
You still have like three seconds. Pierce, um, Leonard. You were doing really well, but the fact that you didn't continue to fill the time, I, I feel know, like I thought, I just take assumed a bit off of your grade. Yeah. But I think both I and your guests should give that recap a grade, and mm-hmm. and and we'll kind of average it out. So I'll open it up with giving it a a B minus. That's fair. That's fair. I didn't it was pretty good, time. but you could have stretched it out. Mm-hmm. In all honesty, I, I was sure I was out of time, so I didn't even go into the Leonard stuff. I, I, yeah. I I'll tell you better. when you're out of time. <laughs> well, I'm the clock. I would give it a solid B. Okay. I mean, I think you trailed off toward the end there. You <laughs> kind of missed that major arc, but I think your <laughs> delivery, I liked how you started it off with um, the internet is poison and God is not there. Yeah. <laughs> he sure isn't. He sure isn't. I don't know if He's Rob Deerduck would agree with you, but you know, <laughs> it's whatever. <laughs> oh, man. That wasn't bad. You've done better, though. I have. I, I had one pretty good one, better. yeah. And let's sideways that into talking about our favorite funny moment from the episode. This isn't mm-hmm. exactly a, a laugh out loud episode, but there is mm-hmm. certainly some really funny bits. And I think mine either has to be when Shirley is directing in the beginning the rap that Troy and Britta are doing, and they're so against doing it. And <laughs> and Troy has this pained look on his face as he's like sidestepping and, and nudges Britta. And, and Shirley's directing, not even noticing that they're so not into it. And she's like, yeah, give me that. This is great. <laughs> I think that's really funny. Or when the dean and Annie, I think, are trying to walk into the school. And it's, it's him all and Shirley. the hipsters. Him and Shirley, you're right. <laughs> yeah. And it's all the hipsters. And the way that, like, one old man's just going, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and and uh, the woman's going, like, oh, you got a date? You got... And the dean just, like, trying to get through without being seen was also very funny. That might be my favorite. What yeah. about you guys? Uh, that was really funny. My favorite is pretty, pretty firmly the Shirley making... <laughs> uh, Britta and Troy do that because as soon as Troy starts doing the dance it just like harkens back to like when like the little kid is like at like Christmas like do that dance wheel and the kid's like crying like doing like the jerk or something you know like Shirley like yeah. that's, that's what that was and, <laughs> and also the line that Shirley has the way she's like say the line atheist or something like that was pretty <laughs> funny because <laughs> like Britta's helping you <laughs> yeah she <laughs> what about you was there a funny moment that stood out I think for me it was when um, Shirley is standing in front of this poster and obviously she's disturbed and these people are like, did you hear that the deleted scenes are not really deleted (laughs) scenes that were ever going to be in the movie? And she's like, well, Jesus Christ died for our sins. (laughs) That is 100% something that I would have done. That's also something that um, I feel like my grandmother uh, would say at any given moment. (laughs) Yes, your grandma, any one of your aunts would also do that. Um, and then there's the there's the part where Shirley comes in there and just takes that bat and the way she <laughs> swings it like I was like all right Shirley and I don't know why I laughed out loud like yep that's me walking in to try to clean Steven's room and then <laughs> the um, yeah. the other one I think is just when those hipsters are in that car and they're driving and you see how slowly it's going and then it gets up and goes bing like it's just i don't know that scene is really funny the music's epic yeah Yeah. you just know they're just about up to no good yeah this wasn't my favorite thing but something that made me laugh every single time in the episode was when the, the like music was either Abed, or then when it switched to Shirley, (laughs) (laughs) every time made me laugh. That That was a really nice touch. 
It well, was. especially because like every single like show or movie that like has like Jesus like plays that kind of like Egyptian mm-hmm. god music yeah. like every time something happens. So it, it was right. extra great. So to sidestep from that, uh, in a little bit from now, we'll put the No Moms Allowed sign on the door and slam <laughs> it shut to, to do our usual go through the episode beat by beat. But I want to have a spirited conversation about the episode with you before we do, okay. because I do feel like there's a lot of text and a lot of subtext in this episode. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think to open it up with the probably the biggest question is, uh, you know, one of you guys saying, I don't know if this is blasphemous or not. Do you think that this episode is? Do you think it's disrespectful? Um, I think in the in the final analysis, no. Okay. Um, I mean, as Steven said, I've been an interim pastor, and I um, I do some preaching every now and then. And one of the things that I've found in my own faith journey is that you need to have space to ask questions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't love it that Abed approaches this the way he approaches everything else, which I think sometimes he turns it into a really a head thing Mm -hmm. and doesn't get to the heart thing. But that's the way it starts. I don't think that's where it ends up. Um, The thing that I really appreciated about the episode is that I've always felt sorry for um, Pierce and Shirley. And not because that I condone their behavior, because I think Shirley makes some horrible statements that are ignorant and bigoted mm-hmm. against other people in the group. Like I said, I don't Especially think they're all Annie. great humans, right? <laughs> Especially Annie. Um, when Annie says, Jesus was Jewish, are you ever going to let that go? That's another one of those moments. So, yeah, she says some really bigoted things. Um, yeah. and, and so it's not that I feel sorry for them and want you know condone their behavior, but it's more this idea of growing up and never being seen by the people around you and then also not being seen by other people when you want so desperately to be seen. And for Shirley, my theory about her has been that she probably was a girl whose dad wanted a boy Hmm. um, who never thought that she would be good enough to do anything and that most of the time she was dismissed as kind of middle of the road. Like she didn't make a lot of noise. She didn't do anything really bad. Um, but she was just there. And in the episode where they have Thanksgiving dinner and everybody's hiding in the garage, you know, mm-hmm. and she's like, mm-hmm. oh, I just thought you all would have come and helped me out. It was really that twofold. One, she wanted people in the family to see that she does have people who like her and who will show up for her because they probably think that she doesn't really have anything going for her except mm-hmm. that she's a mom to these kids that do we ever see these kids? I mean, not very much. We, we see saw the, the kids, kids and it's kids kind of a time. running joke that every time we see them throughout the next three seasons, they're always the same age. The same age. Like there's they always one that's about four. Up. There's always one that's about 10. Yeah. 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 And so to not be, you know, appreciated by your family. And then the other part is that she probably just really wanted to be with them mm-hmm. because they feel like a family to her. You know, she mothers them sometimes. She argues with them. She... Um, has moments with them and you know they're they're her classmates she probably mm-hmm. never had that either yeah. she seems like a person who never found that that group and it's why this episode I think is so tough um, to make me feel even more sorry for her because her whole identity is this being a Christian woman a godly mm-hmm. woman mm-hmm. and it probably really hurts her 
that Abed, with all of his quirks, you know, who's accepted by this group and people kind of, they make excuses for his behavior. Sometimes they pick on him, but even Jeff backs off of that, you know. Mm -hmm. So for her to see how he's accepted and then he takes what is important to her and turns it into one of his experiments for analysis and or his subjects, you know. And even though he does get some of the essence of what it is to have a relationship with Christ or what it is to think about where you are in the universe in terms of your connection to God, that I love it that he says, every moment of our lives is a world premiere and my father has already made the popcorn. Like <laughs> that, that could a be one. a real sermon. It I could be a that. real sermon. <laughs> it could be. And there were a lot of things that Abed said that were like that. I yeah. think what really bothered her was, um, you know, just that here was something that is who she is and people were making light of it. Yeah. So it wasn't about making light of God. It was you're taking everything that's wrapped up in who I am and you're making it a joke. Yeah. And and I, Stephen, you said in your summary that she really um, that the church wanted this video she makes a point of saying that she brought the idea mm-hmm. to her pastor. Because again, if this is her identity, then the pastor is someone who can validate her. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sister Shirley is so good. She mm-hmm. brings the best pot roast, you know, to the <laughs> potluck. Or we always like Sister Shirley to make the mac and cheese mm-hmm. because it's first rate. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things like that that people get caught up in yeah. as part of a church oh, because it's a place mm-hmm. of belonging. And she thought, that Abed did not see her. Mm-hmm. But I think what he finally saw, because I'm convinced that Abed saying that prayer knew that she was listening as much as she knew that he needed a way out mm-hmm. of creating something that he finally realized that was disrespectful. Yeah. The way it's shot and performed, it's hard to see mm-hmm. because Abed is vulnerable in a few moments in this episode, especially the ending, which we'll get to, that I think the ending is yeah beautiful. It's, I, I watched it's beautiful. it. Beautiful. I watched it with my significant other, and they teared up. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. and and I it, did it, too. It, yeah, it I works really too. well. And it for it to come out of the ridiculousness of this episode, it be a quiet moment. It, it works really well. Right. But now I forget where I was going because I thought about the ending. What were we talking mm-hmm. about? The him about praying. whether or not they knew. Oh like, yeah, he it, was it, aware it, that she was. It's really vague because. Would Abed get to the point where he'd be having an out loud prayer like that mm-hmm. outside, or is he still seeing it through the lens of I'm in a movie and I'm telling the story? I think it's yeah. probably that, honestly. Yeah. It could be. Whether but I he also knew like Shirley to think was there that he, or not. He grows, right? Oh, I Every, think so too. We expect everybody else in this series to grow, and I think we can have the same expectations for, for Abed that yeah. this is a group of people who are teaching him and that they accept a lot of things, but they push him in Mm -hmm. some ways to get it, to be a good friend, you know, like when he, um, you know, with the whole thing of the separation with him and Troy later on, but Mm -hmm. that, that is, is growth. Mm -hmm. So I think even in this moment, maybe it was as simple as the old Abed would never have given thought to whether or not he was disrespecting something. Sure. But Abed in a group, with some security, with some sense that other people want to connect with him mm. in ways that he wouldn't normally connect with other people, that um, you know he could accept that it was like, oh yeah, maybe I took something that belonged to someone else and turned it into something that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. 
and I, and I should I should stop that, but I don't know how to stop it. Yeah. Um, you know, he does the same thing with those Mean Girls. Remember, like he just mm-hmm. that's a couple he, episodes ahead. We'll be talking right. about that one soon. So he, he Abed is learning that there is a point where you go too far. Yeah. Um, and probably didn't have that sense of boundary, but it's it's relational, even if it's not sure you know interpersonal. It's relational because he sees it in the context of the people around him. And that for him is growth. It's huge. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why for Shirley, you know, she maybe has not always respected Ovid's talent. Maybe yeah. she just was like, well, he'll do this and it'll be something. They um, just don't get each other. They yeah. don't get each other. And, and that's really hard. So Stephen mentioned that, you know, he had exposure to two different major um, world religions mm-hmm. in our house because, um, you know, his um, his dad was a, a Muslim. And so it was something that we talked about, but it wasn't ever with disrespect, you know, to Islam or Christianity at all. And I think learning, knowing what you believe allows you to not be threatened by what other, what other people, people believe. That's believe. it. Right. Right. So if you're, if you're, I mean, I, I'm very comfortable in my faith and I think that watching this, it didn't feel blasphemous to me. There were some jokes, right? But it also is a good example of how people adopt the most nonsensical things as religion, as much Mm -hmm. as they would the things that are more, that ring more true. Mm. So he said a lot of funny things, but Abed really did capture the essence of that and even maybe his islamic roots he has some of that that grounding of this is you know we we accept that we didn't create this universe that there's something bigger than us at work here and you know he at least understands that it did feel like there was some of that where when abed came back the next day or was there the next day and he's like oh i read the whole new testament it seemed like abed went right into this like oh i get this this makes sense Mm -hmm. to me and that Mm -hmm. surely felt kind of threatened by that because uh i mean even though what he goes to do with it is kind of over the edge initially he kind of got it and he was kind of uh calling out some of i don't know surely definitely has something that we definitely see in a lot of people Mm -hmm. being where we're from where she has some walls up that are uh religious religion based but yeah. aren't rooted in the religion itself mm-hmm. and yeah. uh it, when that's called into question they just can't go there mm-hmm. it's right. just it's just and and i i like when you can see that in shirley because i think it's really true to life and i think later on the show kind of squanders that potential when shirley literally just becomes the stereotype of a religious person mm-hmm. where she like literally the only thing to her character is that she bakes and that she loves jesus mm-hmm. i like when we see here that you know she's a person who's still yeah. growing and adapting and mm-hmm. and is strong in her faith and that's not going to budge but she's mm-hmm. like you mentioned she's able to ask questions and she's able to I don't know. I think the episode did a lot of good stuff with Shirley. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's a vulnerable point and not for nothing, but I've said to Steve, you know, the perspective that you all don't have on this podcast is a black woman and how tough it is to, um, I think in society to know that there's a lot of stuff that's going on that we're talking about that has to do with race. But also when you take gender and race and put those things together, it's like, you know, double whammy because, Um, so much of your identity then is wrapped up in the roles that people expect you to play. 
Um, and so this, this thing, if I'm not a good mom, what am I, if I'm not this godly woman that I'm supposed to be, then what am I? And I'm not necessarily the greatest student. So what am I, you know? Um, and I think having some opportunities like wanting to start her business, doing those kinds of things, like those are, those are things where you see Shirley start to emerge Mm -hmm. and the times that Shirley is the most, um, dangerous to herself is when she really feels like no one sees her and mm-hmm. then makes a connection with someone who does. That's when she gets herself into trouble with Chang. I think that's when she gets really, um, like when with Jeff, she stepped outside of being a nice lady and saying mean things about, about <laughs> Vaughn um, because she felt a connection with Jeff because it was something that they could share together mm-hmm. and that's hard for her. Mm-hmm. But I think Pierce, that other arc that's taking place here is a is um, is good to note because it's the other dimension of the whole. This is my religion thing. It's I want people to see me and please, you know, notice me. This is something I can do. I want to contribute something. Mm-hmm. I want to be the one who gets it. And that whole opening scene mm-hmm. of all of the God of Farts and all the other videos. What happens? The only people who don't get it, who are left behind, left out of the joke. Shirley and mm-hmm. Pierce. Shirley and Pierce. Yeah. You know, and and it's a, like that a lot. They've bonded over that sometimes. They've had conversations around it. And as much of a, a racist as she knows he is, he gets the basic human thing of, mm-hmm. I just want somebody to accept me. You know, I just want to be part of the gang. And that's why he ends up with the hipsters <laughs> who also are not good people. Well, it's Vandale. <laughs> right? Kind of at large. <laughs> This is like, you know, it's, I talked to Stephen about like, it's sunny. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Great show, but, um, you know, they're terrible human beings. <laughs> and that's like, if you watch the show through that lens, I think you're watching it right. If you mm-hmm. don't yeah. see that when you're watching it, I don't think you're laughing at the yeah. right stuff. Yeah, They're right? bad people. They're yeah. just, I mean, they're awful. And they, um, they don't grow on it's always sunny in philadelphia but they feel like they have or they (laughs) They feel like they they think they've gone on this trajectory but really they've just like gotten worse i love to look at that show through the lens of like those characters all see themselves as like sitcom characters on a laugh track sitcom and it's like (laughs) being the aw shucks character on the show yes but they're all psychopaths yeah but like really they hear the crowd and the in the audience laughing but in real life they're just yeah. My theory is that Charlie Day is killing people at night, oh like God. every episode. He's just, he's killed people, and that's why he always looks so disheveled. Charlie and he's Day gone out and buried them. Well, look, on the show. both. Okay. Both. <laughs> little this, little that. You know. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Both. It was the 60s. Um, you couldn't tell. You yeah, out. you couldn't tell. They're just, you're burying bodies. You got to dump outside out there, and that's what it is. And they'll find the bodies one day, and they'll be like, hey. And he'll be like, well, it was, it it was method acting. <laughs> it was one of those things. But yeah. So I feel for Pierce in this episode because he tries to find that acceptance that he wants so badly. Um, but that scene where Jeff comes to get him mm-hmm. and signs him out, realizing that all of these other people probably started being in the hipsters for the same reasons. Mm-hmm nobody's you know paying attention we're gonna finally get to live out being rebels Mm -hmm. but then no one was coming for them yeah and as awful as leonard is you know her saying you know like yeah his kids asked to stop calling them anymore why do you think he acts like this you know and then you see like leonard is acting out because he wants attention because his kids absolutely yeah and greendale jail is that what that was (laughs) (laughs) 
It's the equivalent of like King's Island jail or like You know the mall dean jail. has that room for other purposes, but it doubles as a jail when when they need yeah. it. He, he had to take down a lot of Dalmatian posters. <laughs> yes, I think it would be great. And he had to move he had to give up some closet space to create yeah. that. For I, all of his sister's costumes, you know. <laughs> and I guess to while we've got you before we wrap up talking about the episode, I kind of want to talk about representation for a second. Mm-hmm. I know that Obviously, the big one right now is everyone's talking about soul, and there are people that are that are praising it for its representation. Mm-hmm. There are people that are chastising it for its representation. Um, mm-hmm. People saying it's a masterpiece. People saying that it's disappointing. Uh, looking at Community, which is definitely a show that I don't know how many people of color were on the writer's staff, but I imagine yeah. it wasn't very many. Um, Shirley, how do you think they do with her as a character? Do you think she's a caricature, or is she someone that you relate to and see yourself in the mirror? Do you think that they they do well on this show? I think if you really want there to be representation, then you have to you have to want characters to be um, to be like other characters. So at the same level. So Jeff, so no. we agree is a ba- <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I think Jeff is a, he's a bad guy, right? Sometimes he mm-hmm. does awful things, but mm-hmm. he can grow. Mm-hmm. Um, Annie. My jury's still out on her, but then I think the <laughs> she rest can grow of the and she does bad years. things. She all does. The she does bad do. things. All of them do. Um, and I think Shirley is the same way. Shirley is a flawed character that could grow. Mm-hmm. What I think the mistake here is is that they didn't um, use Shirley's character the way they could have. Um, she often is the one that they're playing off of. Yes. She has moments where she pops in, but like Pierce, you have episodes where you see her do this one thing and, and then that's it. and that's it. Um and you know, I guess in fairness maybe that's the way they wanted the show to be, but it also speaks volumes that she is that the only other character of color that you see with any frequency is the guy who's like what is it? Did he say pop pop? Magnitude, pop, pop. yeah, and pop, you could definitely pop. look at magnitude as a type of old-fashioned, black yeah, person right. minstrel, a trope. A, uh, yep. uh, yeah, he just comes it along, is. sprinkles a little magic, and then goes on his way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you're watching the the Queen's Gambit. Mm-mm. Watch it. It's a oh, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And there is um, in there a a black female character and what a lot of people have said, and I've seen articles written about it and other people have commented that it is the same like black person who shows up, does something to save the, the Mm. main character who is obviously not a person of color and then, but who cares about their story, who cares about what they are. They kind of throw together something about them. And, and that's why I appreciated this episode because I think it really is a, multifaceted Shirley. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's deep and it's bringing in a connection between Shirley and Abed that you don't get to see usually. They underutilize any kind of connection they might have other than maybe she could be mothery to yeah. him. Um but she's more than that and you know they both demonstrated real connection. So I think anyway. it's, it says a lot for this episode. A lot of episodes might have set this up in a way that Shirley is uh, against it in the beginning, but then the episode just focuses on Abed, mm-hmm. and Shirley's kind of in the background. But the episode does tell a whole story with Shirley. She's involved in it all throughout. Mm-hmm. And I think you segue well into the ending, which I think is a really underrated, beautiful moment between yeah. those two characters. Mm-hmm. And I listened to the audio commentary, and Yvette and Danny talked about how 
Abed isn't physical with other characters. He doesn't hug yeah. people. He doesn't fist bump. He does the handshakes with Troy, but he's he's not physical. And there's well, he a moment, makes out with somebody. Well, that's <laughs> but, but there's stuff to be argued about, like when Abed's kind of playing a character, and mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. he's doing sure. that sometimes. But in this in this ending, when Abed does the really nice thing, and well, he's embarrassed with his movie, but he decides to use the resources to make the video that Shirley wanted yeah. made all along. There's a mm-hmm. moment where the two realize what they've done for each other and Shirley grabs his hand and Abed puts his hand on top of hers. Yeah. And it's a mm-hmm. really beautiful moment. And it is. I, it is. I don't know. I think it, it, it pays off in spades. It's a redemption moment because them, in this, them, yeah. where maybe Abed had fallen into like this blasphemous role in Shirley's eyes, he also redeemed himself and demonstrated that he got something about her. Like I say, it's relational. It might not be interpersonal. He might not dig deep into her psyche, but he saw something that in a relationship you do these things. And so mm-hmm. here is where I, where I fell short. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to demonstrate that, yes, she's my friend, just like um, you talked about how he did for Annie with the experiment. Yeah, and, sure. and I think that was really great because it's a it's a good moment, but it's also a really cool moment because... Abed is someone who, you know, thinks that his father blames him for his mother leaving, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so to have a female in his life that is the right, uh, close to an age that would be motherly to him, mm-hmm. um, and Troy has always had that with her. Yeah. For Abed to have that for a moment, to have a physical connection, was probably huge and something that was missing and probably didn't know he needed it until right then. Definitely. Yeah. So, well, I think we did it. I think we touched on a lot of stuff. I think yeah. this was good. I love did, your perspective. Thanks did. for joining. Not just having, you're right, not just having a female perspective, which mm-hmm. our podcast and a lot of the community podcasts are missing out on, mm-hmm. uh, to have a black woman's perspective in an episode that's about a black woman and in a time that's, man, that's just crazy. I love that you came on and talked with us about it. And yeah. we're Thank silly you guys. and said Thank a lot of really insightful stuff. Me. But before you leave, we got to know who your MVP is for this episode. Mm-hmm. Is it an obvious one or was there a stealth one? You know what? I'm I'm going to give the MVP jointly to Abed and to Jeff. And I think mm. this is why. What I saw in Shirley and in Pierce were things that I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the growth of two characters that I think more than anything usually are selfish or self-centered to see them reverse something that they did. When Jeff stands there and says, take me off as his emergency mm-hmm. contact, but then says, when he looks into that room and sees what's happening, there's, there's insight, mm-hmm. you know? And I like seeing that about Jeff, which is yeah. why, even though he's a sleazy, but he's a, he's a typical, I think, pretty much typical guy from Attractive his age. And his, dude. Yeah. <laughs> who can get lots of women. Do? And when yeah. he was an attorney, he probably had no trouble mm-hmm. getting yeah. women. And he uh, settled into that, and you see his dad. But um, it's a whole, I think for me, those two, because I saw them flip a switch that for me brought the whole episode to where it needed to be. Wow. Because the two characters who weren't seen were now seen. Wow, I like that. I love that. I love that. Well, this was really fun, both doing the pre-show with you before this and the podcast. I think we yeah. got to do it again sometime. Yeah, for sure. I love it. Thank you yeah. guys so much. I'm so proud of both of you. You're awesome. I love you both. You rock. 
You're the coolest. You're better than that other Zach. Zach Pruitt is better than Zach Efron. Wow. Don't you forget it. Wow. Zach true. Efron listens to this show, so well, be careful. And here's <laughs> one thing that Zach Pruitt has above Zach Efron. Zach Pruitt doesn't need a voice double to sing his songs yeah. for him. Call Cough. You, you guys Seeley. are wrong. Whenever you hear my voice on the podcast, it's Drew Seeley. It's, actually it's also like Drew Seeley. Yeah. Yeah. I well, love yeah, it. Thank you very much for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. It really has. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Day. This was a blast. Hey, take care. Thanks. Talk we'll to you soon. Sleep. Yeah. Oh, Bye. yeah. Right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And then there were two. Now it's just the kids. <laughs> Time to get gross on here. Yeah, it's getting real dirty now. Here's your Stephen's mom warning. <laughs> that was really cool. That was awesome. And I'm glad that she came on. And yeah, me too. She brought a lot to it. But we still got a lot of show to do, so let's we hop do. right into it. Let's do it. So, Steven, now that it's just the two of us, uh, what did you think of this episode when we're not thinking about it quite as, I Intensely? don't know. Yeah, contextually. What did you think of it as an episode of Community? Did you have fun with it? I actually did have a lot of fun with it. I I remembered this episode's existence, but I've probably only seen it, like, twice. Um I really, really enjoyed it. I enjoyed a lot of the stuff about this one because I think community's at its best when all the characters are involved and even though like annie and jeff kind of had smaller parts in this one the roles that they played were still good you know troy had his funny stuff britta had their funny stuff um but i think the focus on shirley abed and pierce is not the normal combination and that was kind of refreshing a little bit because it allowed the other characters to just be the best parts of themselves I found uh, myself noticing, oh, Jeff only had like yeah. three or four lines in this episode, <laughs> and his beats were good. But we're good. The show is, rather than it just focusing on the, the fringe characters, we're to a point where the show can focus on any couplet of characters and let the others kind of take a break that week, and it'll be the same show. And that's something that's really important in an ensemble sitcom like this. We're like, yeah, yeah of course, Jeff's the main character, but he does not have to be the central focus of an episode for it to be no. a successful episode of the show. That being said, and I think all we've said about it so far was really nice. I, mm-hmm. um, I'm i a little bit surprised that your mom didn't come out of the gate with a few more qualms with the episode. Yeah. Because, and we'll dive into it now, and we'll we'll kind of pack it as we get through it, but I, there are a couple things that don't totally work for me. Mm. Um, our friend Dom over at Dom and Andre in the morning, you know, he has his thing where, like, he can justify all of the big stunt episodes as being Mm -hmm. in universe of the show even when it feels a little bit ridiculous yeah i think this one is a little bit of a stretch too far that abed would be able to have that kind of film set up and that the campus would be so into his movement yeah i think i get maybe the people being into the spectacle of abed doing this but the fact that he that greendale would have all the rigging equipment that is a bit of a like, because they had really nice stuff that was there. I mean, this is Greendale that... Some big camera rigs that were yeah. really tall. And, yeah, there was a lot going on that doesn't happen other times. There are film projects going on at Greendale. It definitely mm-hmm. felt like they were just using props well, and, that they and had Abed's, from doing the show. Yeah, Abed's films are always, like, really low budget. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what gives them the, the extra charm yeah. that they have. Yeah, and this wasn't going to be that, which is maybe why Abed looked at it and was like, this is ass, but... yes. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into the episode. And I don't know. We'll do what we always do and go through the episode, but maybe mm-hmm. kind of 
today's a big show. We'll maybe briskly yeah. walk through this episode of Community because we've touched on a lot of things already. Mm-hmm. I think that the opening scene is really funny. I like the way that they've been utilizing the anthropology class so far and how Duncan just is so incompetent and has no interest <laughs> at all in making this an educational experience. So he's just showing them YouTube videos. And it's a little bit relatable because I feel like I've this had teachers that have done that. relatable because there are times where like a teacher was like teaching one subject one year and they got bumped to like something they have no training or yeah. experience in. And this is exactly what it's like. It's like, uh, this is history, I guess. So let's watch. Uh, you, got, you guys seen Saving Private Ryan? Can we show that? No? Uh, kitten videos. Here we go. Yep. <laughs> Late night talk show monologues. I feel like a we lot got of some those. Of those sometimes. A lot of those. Yeah, this this scene's pretty funny, and it does a good job of I don't know when they have kind of more elevated concept episodes, they do a really good job of setting it up grounded because some of the stuff that's going to happen gets set up here. Mm-hmm. Instantly, Shirley feels left out because they're all watching viral videos and she doesn't have anything to throw in while everyone's like throwing out stuff that they should watch. So she suggests that they just look up God on <laughs> and everyone is joking about it. You know, people don't take her seriously. She's out of touch. Um, yeah, which is really funny, especially because... Uh, my grandmother recently discovered YouTube. And she <laughs> recently know, discovered YouTube. Yeah, she doesn't really know how to use it, but because I've sent her enough links, when she opens the app, she just clicks on one of those like YouTube-created mixes and just sits there and watches the videos and listens to the songs and really enjoys it. That sounds great. That's it's really wholesome. wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and but as soon as Shirley mentions God, they all turn on <laughs> her and boo her. And Troy says, everyone hates you and asks, and, and, and Duncan, it, you know, is kind of nice in this situation. Yeah. He brings everyone down and says, okay, we'll look it up. But the only thing that comes up is more fart videos, so it doesn't <laughs> play out the way Shirley wanted to. So immediately the episode's got us thinking very lightly about religion and how mm-hmm. it, it affects Shirley's character. And we're also uh, talking about viral videos and filmmaking. They do a good job of really loosely setting up what's about to happen. The yeah, episode. they do. Uh, this is also kind of the first time that the you know we're reminded for the first time since probably the Christmas episode in season one about how like anti-religion and like how like far from Shirley's religion the entire study group is. Sure, you know it's it's very clear that you know even though the rest of them you know all have different beliefs than one another, Shirley's are the ones that seem to clash the most with everyone else's, and and that may be just in part because Shirley tends to be more vocal and assertive and kind of uh less accepting than the other members of the group but sure yeah and you know for an episode that's really centered around religion it's a shame and it seems like a missed opportunity that there wasn't even a sideways mention of pierce's religion none but that was just a couple (laughs) episodes it's been a while for us now because we haven't recorded in a while but it's only been two episodes since that so maybe that's Mm -hmm. why they thought they'd lean on that a little heavily already Uh, Shirley's line about how there are only nine people at her church and how awkward it makes everyone feel when all the viral videos are getting 17 million. It's a funny line. It it, it cuts a little bit because I do feel like it's kind of true as we've gotten more into an entertainment screen age. Mm -hmm. I do feel like less people are growing up to go to church. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. When I was a kid, like it was like, you know, at least for a part of my childhood, like every Sunday we were in church, just you did it, you know. But, yeah, it's it's definitely getting further and further away from that, I think. Yeah. 
And I think that's not entirely the worst thing because I think no. church doesn't have to be the end-all be-all of whether or not your religion is valid. No, and I don't think it should be. And I think people will take it that way, that it's kind of like, oh, I haven't seen you at church in a while. Does that mean that you're a bad person now? It's like, no, I mean, you don't know if those people are still studying at home or you yeah. don't know if those people are going through a personal life thing that keeps them from, I don't know. Anyway, mm-hmm. everyone feels really awkward when she calls it out and there's some <laughs> funny exchange of looks until Abed says, auto-tune God of farts and they start watching the auto-tune <laughs> video. I love here, they all start dancing to the yeah. music and Troy's like shaking his head and making a stank face. My favorite one in this is Jeff. Yeah, he's Jeff's like, like just kind of swaying. He looks like forth. he's got swamp ass and he's trying to <laughs> get the itch out of his butt. <laughs> It's such a strange dance. And he's got such a serious look on his face. Like, he's, like, trying to catch the beat, but he's, like, also, like, enticed because by the Because, you know, they, they probably didn't have the audio when they filmed the episode, so they no. just told everyone to dance. So that's Joel trying to... Which, we've got a lot going on this week, which is really fun to start our 2021 recording with yeah. a lot going on. But we've barely even touched on, once again, how amazing it is that we got to talk to Joel McHale. Yeah, that's so cool. The fun... Uh, that I had in that conversation and putting together what I think is a really solid interview episode and the amount of support and listenership we're seeing happen with it means a lot. So thanks if you've hopped on because of it and we're going to keep having a lot of fun. I think it's the first of many big things to come. I think the 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 surreality of it didn't really hit me until I watched the YouTube video. Sure, and you started the video with when you got to chat with him for a little bit, you know, in that like after show for his thing, and you're like, "Hey, we'll do it sometime." Sure, and like we took that as like very much him being nice, but we were definitely gonna like use that to hold over him one day. Yes, but like it worked, (laughs) and we did it. And I also feel so much like. When I revisited that clip of video of me talking to him the first time, I can see my stammering and how awkward and uncomfortable I was. And and we've come really a far away since then. I think we had a comfortable yeah, conversation Yeah, like we were able to, to joke with Joel McHale about and, and, our bedrooms. <laughs> and I think our on-podcast band – I just think we it, it, that we've fallen into a good rhythm. So yeah. I'm glad that it happened and I'm glad that it went the way that it did. So that's awesome. We get a full theme song this week. I think that's every episode so yeah. far. It's really great. I'll never, ever skip the community theme song. It's just Not the best. Once. It's just the best. I would love to have like a a poster or even like a like a cloth tapestry kind of mm-hmm. thing that's like a unfolded, unfolded of the cootie catcher. catcher. That would be awesome. I think that would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After the theme song, we get the beginning of Pierce's stint this episode, and we've kind of neglected his storyline while talking with your mother, so I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to talking to this. It starts mm-hmm. with Shirley uh, coming to Abed up. about how she'd like to make a viral video for the church. And I think your mom pointed out a lot of good things about how uh, Shirley's trying to do stuff that gets value and attention from her church higher-ups. Mm-hmm. But I also think she's doing this to prove that she knows what a viral video is and yeah. that she's cool <laughs> in her anthropology class as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's good. I can totally he- see her kind of spiraling and thinking of what she could do to become a part of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I love her, like, who's got two thumbs and a great opportunity for you, but she points up to God. To God. subverts <laughs> the expectation. Ava just gives a one thumb for a thumbs up. Uh, I, I really, really like Abed's instant dejection of doing it and the way he says, as a Muslim, I'd love to help you do something with your religion. As a filmmaker, I'm not <laughs> Yeah. Because 
boy, oh boy, is Christian media in general terrible. Have you ever seen it doesn't any have of to be, the but it Kirk is. Cameron Left Behind movies? No. It's worth a funny watch. I'm sure you can find a drinking game online, maybe. That'd be fun. Well, uh, one thing that we're going to do at the end of this episode, because now we're corporate shills, is I want to, mm-hmm. over the next couple weeks leading up to the Patreon, look at a specific tier level of our Patreon and tell yeah. the people what they can do with it. Uh, and one of the big things is I'm doing a nostalgia-based podcast that I'm going to take a look at things that people consider nostalgic, whether mm-hmm. it's myself or other people, and look at it from a non-nostalgic lens and see if it holds up. Yeah. And I'm thinking since I grew up as a church kid, I might have to visit some of that stuff like Veggie Tales. Oh. Or did you ever watch 321 Penguins? Do you know oh my one? God, I love 321 Penguins. Yeah, I'll probably Bible do Man. stuff like that. Bible Man, for sure. But anyway. <laughs> All the really things like... they used to play at the Christian bookstore when you would go in and play in the big ship. I just really like the, yeah, the <laughs> art. I really like that Abed uh, would have helped Shirley and the religious side of him, the Muslim side of him, would of course help someone with something like mm-hmm. that. But he knows that he probably saw those Kirk Cameron left behind <laughs> yeah. and knows that it's not going to go very well. And that's when we get the greatest story ever told aside with I Am Legend, <laughs> which it really, really surprised me that someone actually said that about I Am Legend. Yeah, I don't think that will smith would say it i don't think the dog from i am legend would say it i don't think the lions from i am legend would say it (laughs) and then we get the pierce thing pierce has a big plate full of macaroni and your mom talked a little bit about the family dynamics of the group and this subplot that we're diving into does a lot with that with how the group is like a family and how pierce is kind of a angsty teen son a little bit (laughs) and honestly i think chevy delivers pretty well in this episode yeah he does and and does a lot of good stuff with being kind of angsty and when he's with the older people being like the younger one of the older people so Mm -hmm. in this abed's calling him out for eating too much macaroni with no vegetables and uh, (laughs) uh pierce gives him a hard time tells him he can't tell him what to do so he switches out with Britta who I guess has more of a passive aggressive uh, demand over Pierce so Pierce goes for some more broccoli and then we cut all of this is like family dynamic talking Annie and Jeff are talking about how it seems like Pierce is going through some stuff maybe you should talk to him and and Jeff as always not really wanting to get involved with anything like that but as always he definitely will get involved yeah later on honestly Jeff Annie and Britta don't have a ton to do in this episode, but the episode does a good job of still making them a part of the living, breathing universe yeah. of the show, even if they're not the focus this week. So I mm-hmm. think that's good. Yeah, I like Back that too. In the cafeteria line, we get a lot of classic Leonard stuff. <laughs> and Richard Erdman was on the audio commentary for this episode. Oh, that's and cool. And he was delightful. He seems like such a funny, silly old man. And I love the the dramatic nature of him coming up to the register, just taking as many cookies as he wants, <laughs> walking away, saying, call a cop. <laughs> Were you ever like that in high school? Were you oh, the, no. like, I can I, pocket some extra stuff from the cafeteria? I was not because I was always really, really friendly. Polite. Yeah, with the cafeteria ladies. I thought they were always really, really sweet. Well, I was always really friendly and sweet to them, too, and that's how you can get away <laughs> with an extra milk box. I think Steven. the only thing I would ever do is I would um, either get, like, an extra cookie sometimes or, like, maybe, like, an extra Slim Jim. But only if I, like, literally, like, you grabbed man, man. two and sat one down and they charged me for one. Sometimes I wouldn't say anything. But also sometimes I would say something, so it's a toss-up. 
Leonard walks up to his table of old cronies that we've never seen before, but it makes this really funny, effective little click, and, he, and Leonard calls them all gay wads. Yeah. And he invites uh, Pierce to what is kind of this mix of the cool table and, like, the groove of bad influences from 80s movies, but it's all the old people that go to Greendale. And the man who speaks first and says, what are you looking at, literally looks like a corpse. <laughs> he the, looks like he's 150 years old. There's no chance that that man's still alive, is there? I don't he's know how gone, they got gone, this man right? through an episode. The moment in the end when he, like, doesn't say anything for a while, I <laughs> think they just real. captured something. Yeah. <laughs> so Pierce immediately, his kind of sarcastic nature and show-offy nature plays well to these people and they also kind of uh uh tug his pant leg a little bit and give Mm -hmm. him a hard time too and it's a funny thing i I like watching chevy play off of them the way that he uh, will hear in a second um britta comes up to him and explains where they're sitting and tries to get pierce to come over (laughs) with them and then the way that pierce mimics britta's like what, I don't know what he says, but he does the high sing-song whenever Britta walks yeah. away and all of his cool new posse upperclassmen think he's cool. Right, and then calls her a lesbian, to the which, which oh, of course the group Did you loves. take your pills? Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, sits down. Yeah, she's a lesbian. I, I like this really storyline a lot because Pierce finally gets to be what he wants to be, which is like the young, cool guy of the, the group. The class clown, center yeah. of attention. Very nice meeting you guys. Very nice meeting you guys. (laughs) She's a lesbian. (laughs) It's really funny, and I think Chevy does pretty well in this episode, and I I think all the old people do pretty well in this episode. And it's a nice, for how extreme the Abed story is going to get, it's a nice, like, anchor back to earth in reality. That's still community, and it's still a little ridiculous, but it it plays... (laughs) So now we're in the library, and Abed's starting to conceptualize his idea that Shirley has, has put upon him. Uh, he read the entire New Testament, like we talked about, and he's agreeing to make a movie for Shirley because all of a sudden he understands that there's more to religion than telling people not to have abortions. <laughs> Which some people should really learn that, that that's not all it is. I'm yes, speaking namely to the people who are the people. ones who are saying that it's, yeah. Namely religious people. You said something really great earlier that was people have a lot of things that they like claim is like, this is because of my religion, but it's not actually rooted in the religion. And that is like one of the biggest problems, I think, with especially American, like popular Christianity today. I just the, I have that wall with yeah. my family, mm-hmm. and it's hard, and I have less and less leeway for it the older I get, and yeah. the more f***ed our world becomes, and the way that people, because like, especially if you want to take it, we've, we've talked enough about stuff that's not the episode of Community, yeah. but if you, you want to take it to the Trump level, it's like people, a lot of people are holding on to Trump because they feel that the Republican Party and Trump as a president is the Christian godly way to go. And a lot of these people, it's just because they're stuck in that way of thinking and because they voted Republican for 50 years or whatever. Yeah. And it's so saddening. And it is. It, it, I don't know what to do or say anymore, and I certainly don't want to be around it anymore. I don't know. Yeah, 100%. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Abed gets religion now. <laughs> and he wants to he wants to make this movie for Shirley. And Shirley is excited about this because 
uh, Abed seeing religion as cool, and I don't think Shirley really expected to break through to Abed this way, so she's probably having all of these ideas of what this could mean for Abed. Like, maybe she's going to convert him and that kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like she's going through all of those thoughts. Uh, Shirley wants it to be cool and addictive like the video of the kitten falling asleep. I think Danny wrote us a trivia question about that one. Yeah. Uh, but but Abed rightfully says that he doesn't just want to do the black and white uh, Jesus story. He wants to do something more modern. He wants to approach it in a new way, which, of course, an older <laughs> Christian woman would think means including rap because right? people in churches sure do love to do stuff like that. Do you – have you ever seen – and this is one of the worst videos in existence. Jesus Christ is my racial yep. slur? Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. That's all. That was all. <laughs> Nothing like that, but I remember in youth group, the cool like assistant youth pastor would make always the assistant would make humorous rap song videos that were like I don't know like man groceries are whack you know trying to get a snack and you know just like stuff like trying to be cool and relatable to the kids and. And we all thought it was so cool, but it's so cringy. That's what I thought of when Shirley says mm-hmm. rapping Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because then what Shirley goes to make in a little bit is rapping Jesus. Is rapping and then Jesus. And what Abed does for her in the end is also rapping Jesus. That's the only way to do it. Abed here explains the basic of his idea for his film, which is kind of insightful, the idea that... See, in the filmmaker's film, Jesus is a filmmaker trying to find God with his camera. But then the filmmaker realizes that he's actually Jesus and he's being filmed by God's camera. And it goes like that forever in both directions, like a mirror in a mirror, because all of the filmmakers are Jesus and all of their cameras are God. And the movie's called Abed. And so on and so on for forever. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of funny. And I like the line that Shirley has here. I don't know if you know who Charlie Kaufman is, the film director. But uh, Shirley, after she hears Abed's idea, is like, come on, Charlie Kaufman. Some of us have to go to work in the morning. Damn. And he's made – he has this movie called Adaptation that's really good that stars Nicolas Cage's twins. Okay. And the movie is about Charlie Kaufman, the writer, trying to write a movie about a book that can't be adapted into a movie. That's and it's pretty crazy. good. It's a really good movie. But that's what Shirley is making that reference towards. Like, come nice. on, Charlie Coffin. Some of us have work in the morning. Damn. I love the art that Abed's put together on his notebook yeah. paper and how it all leads to the big Abed. Abed. And, <laughs> and the, like, cycle that he's made of, of the roundabout nature of it. One thing that I think is a little bit problematic about this episode that we didn't get to talk to with your mom is the mm. way that... I think what Abed is trying to say is good, but the way he's making it about himself is bad and kind of out of character for Abed to want to be seen as the Jesus. Yeah. Um, the It's awful because the only example I can – like the first example that comes to my mind is Kanye West. He made a whole can, album. Do you, are you up to the Kanye West news? Jeffree Star? <laughs> Yes, that Kanye West and Kim Kardashian are divorcing, which my first thought to that was good for Kim. Yeah. Uh, and and it's because Kanye was cheating on her with Jeffree Star, and this isn't the first time that a uh, uh, someone in the R&B rap type community no, has... No, it's not. I've heard about allegedly... Trey songs had a fling with Jeffree Star. What do you think about that? Were you surprised to see that? Um, I was a little... I'm not surprised when I see the people that end up with Jeffree Star because I know we've, I don't know how much we've talked about the 
homophobia in the black community and how Jeffrey a lot of it is people on the down identifies low. as male, correct? Yeah, I think okay. so. That's as far as I know. I haven't seen that said otherwise, and I think Jeffrey Star identifies as male. It's very clear that the way gay people are looked at by especially young black men is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in certain communities, it's very much uh, then it's reflected by sneaking around mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And that there are more uh, homosexual black people that are on the ashamed down of low, it. as it's yeah. called. And not that that's mm-hmm. not across all races. That's a big part of my upbringing but is to be ashamed of it. Al- but it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for good references to this for people to watch at home, I think the Thanksgiving episode of Aziz Ansari's show that was written and directed oh, sure. by Lena Waithe is sure. fantastic. Also, the movie Moonlight is a little harder to Moonlight. watch, especially as a black man, but um, it's it gives a very real look into that. I didn't know that's what that was about, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Well, anyway, uh, Shirley <laughs> immediately rejects Abed's idea because she doesn't get it. She just immediately, I don't like it. And I'm sure that's really crushing to Abed, who's just poured his soul into this idea. But Abed is so game for, like, the movie's already begun, and yeah. he's already seeing himself as Jesus. And Jesus was told by everyone that they didn't like his ideas. (laughs) So she's just, like, helping his cause, I suppose. Yeah. But Shirley here is totally grounded in saying things like, no, it's just nobody likes movies about making movies about (laughs) making movies about making movies. And I think it's it's funny. I think they treat Shirley well here without her just being a religious stereotype. Mm -hmm. Shirley makes it clear that she doesn't want anything to do with this and leaves. But Abed, of course, has the awakening that this is the movie, and now I'm even more (laughs) called to make this movie, and he looks directly in the camera as we hear, I think, the first Abed, Abed. I love it. (laughs) Really It's such a nice touch, and just like how the set and prop department of Community go over the top, the editing and sound design teams do as well. They always just nail any jokes i mean they this try to have. the glee episode i mean it's such it's the little things that like make such they, they add know what so they're much. doing yeah mm-hmm. now we cut to a scene that i really like that's all of the uh hipsters playing poker and drinking and i don't know if i have much to say about it but i just really like it's the funny. vibe of this yeah. scene i would have liked to have seen this group of old people be a more recurring thing for leonard to kind of have yeah. a game um, they're all drinking, and as soon as Dean Pelton comes in, they're going to pretend like they're playing bingo. And Leonard has his line about, like, if you get caught with alcohol, say it's your 90th birthday, and that'll make you seem adorable. <laughs> Why is he right, though? Like, if I saw an old person, like, walking like, down the street drinking, like, oh, I'd be like, oh, he deserves to have a like, little fun today. Mm-hmm. And we get the, the Dean walks in, and the way that the one man pulls the bingo card from <laughs> behind him with the number out so fluidly, just prepared at any time for that to happen. And the Dean's been through this before. It's classic Dean. Like, come on, guys. Don't do this. Shut it down. And this is where Leonard calls him a fruit, and the Dean has his great line. <laughs> oh, A, unacceptable, and none of your business, and barely the whole truth. All right, everyone, go home. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite so Dean. Great. Yeah, one of my favorite lines of the Dean in the entire series that I know I've said before is in season six, uh, the, like, gay Dean episode. He's like, I'm not openly anything, and gay doesn't even begin to cover it. <laughs> it's so good. I love that he's so multifaceted, but he's just yeah. this small, sad man. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> 
Pierce goes into a fake like uh, dementia thing yeah. where he's like, "Excuse me, Mister," and we get that playing poker helps him remember Veronica. Whoever <laughs> Veronica. That is. Veronica's what you had. That was yeah. right, wasn't it? And that's all the Dean needed. He thinks it's sweet, so he leaves them be. And Pierce gets another moment of acceptance from the cool kids. And Pierce's smug smile and how he, like your mom pointed out in a deeper way than I even thought of it, how Pierce is looking for that acceptance that he doesn't get from the group. And yeah. here he gets it. And the way that Chevy plays it is nice. Well, and a little thing that Chevy did there that I'm noticing more so now is when even when he was putting his money on the table, he's kind of nervously like shuffling them all so nice and even and like laying them down. The whole episode, he's being like the goody two shoes. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's like on edge, like okay, I can't mess this up. Like these guys really like me; they think I'm cool. Now a great little bit. Shirley is filming her version <laughs> of the viral YouTube video. I love everything about this scene, yeah. from the chalkboard desert background behind them. <laughs> To Troy in a bathrobe and Britta just wearing whatever she was wearing. Yeah. And that the whole time, Shirley is selling every syllable from behind the camera <laughs> and, and so convicted in this awful rap that she's written to the whole, like, dope, dopey line to the say it again, atheist, or whatever Shirley <laughs> says. And I just love the stifled, like, Troy awkwardly looking around and exhaling and, and Britta straight to the camera with a frown delivering her lines. <laughs> Beatitudes is such a great play on words that's terrible. Surely, I just, everything about the scene building away, I love Shirley's keyboard that she presses a button on to start the rap. The beat on the keyboard kills me! Troy starts to sidestep and slaps Britta's to remind her to do hers, and she does too. And Shirley's just feeling it. She's just vibing. She, her vision is coming to fruition. She's like, the kids are gonna love this. The rap is whatever, but my favorite thing about it is when it gets uh, interrupted, Troy was going on a thing and just, I don't know, the way he delivers the end because he's saying, like, the kingdom is open eight days a week. And then he goes into, like, Jesus and, and then he gets cut off. And I just <laughs> think the way he's like, Jesus and, I really wanted I know, he to see was where really he was about going to with go that. in. Mm-hmm. But it gets interrupted by Abed, uh, who is from outside. That's one of those things that I don't think it would happen that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's dozens and dozens of people outside, and this Abed thing has moved really far in the last scene because we're seven minutes into the episode, and it's yeah. not a concept, and they got to push it forward. This is the stuff that I think doesn't work great mm. for me. But in this scene, totally Abed is, is speaking. It's a, very, it's a very cool frame shot. They said they were kind of going for a Chris Angel type thing. Mm -hmm. But Abed's talking Angel. to the crowd from atop this giant platform with the camera. And he's pretty much, like, giving his sermon on the mount. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Shirley interrupts it because she's – Abed is in Jesus garb. He looks like Donny Osmond. He <laughs> – doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, he um, – he, it's clear immediately what's going on to Shirley, and it upsets her, so she interrupts it. I love that Chang, who's barely in this episode, kind of gets to be the – like sound engineer yeah or like the i'm not sure what his role of is photography or yeah. whatever he probably just sat down and started doing it uh they blew the take and and abed much the the religious leader he welcomes shirley and says no no keep rolling uh this can all be a part of it and and it's everyone's just so blown away by whatever abed's trying to do 
it, it's weird. Yeah. Also, it's, it's weird. Does the, yeah, it's very like, like you said, it's they do a lot of things that are removed from Greendale, but this one is not removed enough for this to track. Yes. But like all both of in the what parking lot, of what, I buy it. But this. <laughs> All of what Abed is saying is good. Danny Pudi's performance is good. The writing is good. It's hard to find exactly what doesn't work for me, but I think it is the believability of the scale of it. Mm -hmm. It, But this is the same show that did a paintball episode and I didn't bat my eyes. So I'm not sure exactly what it is. Um, I also don't think it was totally necessary for Troy to say verbatim, this is totally meta. It's like, we know. We know that's what you're doing. Also, you know who probably doesn't accurately use the word meta? Probably Troy. It just that's you know. true yeah <laughs> surely kind of tries to break uh britta and troy away from abed's show or display and and wants to get back to the video they were making but they're in the trance now and they leave shirley behind they quit and and shirley's steaming mm-hmm. you know britta doesn't believe in god but she feels religious about abed and abed is a very demanding presence in this episode yeah he when abed his... turns on the charm he yeah he... no one is safe he does great he puts his hands up and everyone's just <laughs> gazing at him. Now we cut to people in the hallway looking about at the, the the posters. Now the movie is getting closer to being done, I suppose. It's it's becoming a really hot commodity on campus. People are talking about things like your mom mentioned a few of these, how the story of the story is the story and <laughs> the, the scenes are the deleted scenes and the deleted scenes are the scenes. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, I had a friend who got really into Twin Peaks Ah. And they watched the Twin Peaks movie that came out after Twin Peaks was done. Mm-hmm. And those are, are David David Fincher. Lynch. David, David Lynch, Lynch, not David Fincher. Yeah, David Lynch. And he is really weird, and his stories don't tell everything, mm-hmm. uh, and they can be hard to follow. And my friend watched the disc of bonus features from the movie yeah. and just assumed that it was the movie because it was weird, and David Lynch stuff is weird. So they were like, I don't understand what this is, but I guess this That's is what hilarious. it is. That's totally what the vibes of this scene is. It's the same yeah. movie backward and forward, like the fourth season of Arrested Development. Um, the scenes are the scenes and the deleted scenes are whatever. Yeah. And Shirley's I Heard Jesus Died for Our Sins was also very funny. <laughs> and we are cutting right back to another Abed scene in front of a big group of people. He's holding a panel to answer questions. And this part felt a lot to me like every movie that has a depiction of Jesus has those scenes where they're like, in a cave dwelling yeah. and all of the apostles are around and they're just kind of waxing poetic with each other. Mm-hmm. That's very much what this scene feels like. Have you ever seen Jesus Christ Superstar? I have not. I would like to. Should I watch the original Superstar. or the John Legend one? You should watch the film. There's a film from like the 60s or 70s and it's okay. That's what you need to watch. Uh, and this reminds me even of a scene from that. I don't. You probably know that. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> what's the buzz? That's kind of what this reminds me of. I like Starburn's turn when he asks Abed a philosophical question, and <laughs> Abed gives a philosophical answer. And the way that Starburns closes his <laughs> eyes and just gives away into the conviction. Mm-hmm. Chang asks when the movie will be released, and Abed, when is life released? <laughs> and Chang gives like oh he like apostle hands back mm-hmm. to him. This is a well-executed scene, the way that Ovid's playing off the people and the yeah. questions that they're they're asking. Shirley says what she's afraid of and asks Abed if she if he really thinks that he's Jesus, and Abed says, 
I am who you say I am, which is, all is a, all. <laughs> one of Jesus's classic catchphrases. Yeah. He does totally look like Donny Osmond, and you know it. He really you can't does. Argue with that. I can't unsee it now. I. <laughs> the crowd goes wild when he says that he pretty much is Jesus without saying it, but it, it really upsets Shirley, and I understand why it's upset Shirley. Mm-hmm. But it also works exactly for what Abed needs. He needs someone to rally against him. Uh, red-haired legend Eric Wisniewski sh- uh, shoots up with, "Oh, she's a Pharisee." And then I like I'll, his line. I don't like this one. Well, the woman student that we've never seen again just absolutely drives into Shirley. Hey, bitch. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? In such a cutting way. <laughs> Do you think that's what Mary Magdalene was saying when the <laughs> Pharisees were like, I don't know. I bet. Because Jesus like, did Treason, rough... treason. Mary Magdalene Listen, like, you bitch. <laughs> Jesus kept a rough rough crowd of broads around him. They, they, they were always ready to throw down. If Jesus liked his ladies. That's one thing that's been very well known yeah. about the man. <laughs> uh, and, and Shirley's really upset and yells at everyone, calls Abed a lunatic, and it really upsets all of the followers for Abed. But Abed, of course, as Jesus, forgives her, and everyone applauds. And Shirley is just so dejected that her point that she's trying to make isn't coming through. Uh, but it, it's going exactly as Abed wants. He offers peace to everyone. I believe there's another Abed, Abed. Abed. And then we cut to a scene that's kind of awkward because mm-hmm. now Abed's in the study group and the whole study group's there and they're kind of trying to make it a regular table scene but there's this weird energy from Abed because he's portraying himself as Jesus. Mm-hmm. So Annie's trying to talk to Abed like her friend and asks how the film's going. And it, I don't know, it's just weird energy because it's like... If in the middle of the paintball episode, they all sat around the table and like talked about it as themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Disconnected in a way. But they don't leave it too focused. uh, They don't leave it too focused on Abed because it goes right into uh, Pierce's situation and kind of the family dynamics with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's after Shirley quotes a Bible or Abed quotes a Bible Mm -hmm. verse to Shirley. And Shirley's upset that that the Muslim is quoting Bible verses to her, which is a little bit uh, yeah. bigoted of her. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you ever gonna let that go? The the Jew line, Jesus was Jewish. <laughs> Pierce shows up late because he's this cool guy now, and they notice that he's got cigars in his pocket. He's putting his feet on the chairs. He's a rebellious teen, and it's time to give him a talking to. He's calling people butt breath. Uh, they're like out all night with those hipsters and that's when we get the explanation for why they're called hipsters Mm -hmm. but I just love that they're all talking to him like a child and they're all his parents or cousins or brothers and sisters or whatever yeah Uh, I love that Jeff's holding up the newspaper like a dad (laughs) puts it down when something bugs him to say Leonard you're hanging out with Leonard you know I hate him Uh, it's very funny yeah Everybody hates Leonard. That's why he's cool. When Lily and I watched this, the first thing I thought was, that's kind of the people that still support our president. The Republicans yeah. that are still supporting the president. They're like, everyone hates him. That's why he's cool. Yeah, they're like, he's he's not afraid to speak his mind. Drain the swamp. <laughs> you people don't get it. Yeah. I'm not sure that I want to get it, but is it? <laughs> Uh, they're all trying to impart to Pierce that these people are a bad influence, and uh, I don't know. It's very silly because Pierce is an adult, and these people yeah. are much younger than him. But I think it's pretty funny. Do you like this? I, I do like this. I, I like the whole Pierce thing. I don't have really anything bad to say about any of that. When did Pierce become awesome, Troy says? 
<laughs> and I, yeah, I agree with you. I think Pierce is on point this episode. And I think season two is Pierce's best season. Mm. It's when they did some, like, villainy stuff with his character. And this is the beginning of this season really drives Pierce apart from the study group. And yeah. that's starting to happen here. And I, I like where this goes towards. Now we've got another Shirley and Abed uh, situation where uh, Shirley keeps saying that she's going to shut him down and prove him wrong. And Abed just shoots it back always with good. That's what I want. Do it. And no matter what Shirley says, Abed is able to turn it around on her. Do you think that Abed's being cruel to Shirley? I think... Because I don't think he's being filmed. No, he's not. And there's a look on Abed's face when Shirley first tells him that, you know, he doesn't want to do the movie. And that's him, like, finding out about the movie. But he also seems a little surprised that she asked him to make the movie and then changed her mind. So I bet he probably, like, his ego was probably hurt a little bit. You know, Abed is a filmmaker and takes a lot of pride in it, and he's making a film about something Shirley likes, so why is she so against it? You're right. I could see him very well trying to, like, shove it in a little bit and be like, no, I'm I'm doing this. Like, whatever you do, it's going to work in my favor. Yeah. Now we're getting to one of my other favorite funny scenes. Pierce and Leonard are sharing some, like, paper bag-wrapped 40s on the steps (laughs) leading up to Greendale with the other hipsters and talking about how Jeff hates him now because he's what Jeff can't stand. He's old and doesn't care, which is weird. I don't (laughs) think Jeff cares about that at all unless people think he's old. No. The dean, is this one? Yeah, the dean pulls up in his Prius and and Shirley is with him for some reason. Why? Yeah, she wasn't in the car. No, but then she's by him. But then she walked up. Yeah, yeah I don't get it either. But this is really funny, the way they clutch to each other mm-hmm. as they're, like, walking through where all the bullies in school are. <laughs> and I really do love, I'll probably p- play a sound clip, just the overlapping jabs from the old people. <laughs> I love the, 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 uh, that one of the guys just keeps going, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, I feel like that's something that movies in the 40s they would do and that that guy yeah. was just saying what he said when he was a child. <laughs> And the Dean's like, come on, they're just as scared of us as we are of them. Just walk through. And then he says, I don't want to see you guys out here when I come back. But then runs away. It's like, we made them angry. Go, run. <laughs> and the Dean forgot his keys and his car's pulled right in front of the door. Yeah. I- so now we get what to what I think is the perfect uh, blow up of the situation yeah. with the joyride that's setting up. We're seeing more of Pierce, like you mentioned, being the goody two-shoes, talking mm-hmm. about, I don't know, guys, we could get into some serious trouble. Um, and all the other guys, they're like, come on, if we get in trouble, we'll just write it off on us being old. Mm-hmm. Who cares that we're drunk? Let's it's like when you're it. with like, your like, little right bit older friends, and they're doing something, you're like, oh, I don't know. And they're like, oh, come yeah. on, we'll be fine. And you're like, I trust you because you're older. A good setup with the corpse-looking guy because he says, where am I? What year is it? Ha, ha, ha. But then later it happens for real. <laughs> yeah. But we've Bro, all schmeckle. been Yeah. Pierce needs to be cool and just be down with elderly drunk driving. Look, it's scary enough when old people are driving. I couldn't imagine a drunk old person. Maybe they, like, get good again. This story might get me in trouble because I know my grandparents are like the only family that watch this or listen yeah. to this podcast, but I have been there before. I <laughs> love that my grandpa- my grandparents are older than 85, and wow. I love that they're still so self-sufficient. They just drove to Florida this week to stay wow. there for the winter. They take care of themselves. That's they awesome. They live in their house on their own. They don't 
go to the doctor unless they're sick. You know what I mean? They're they're really self-sufficient. But That's man, really have I been in the car with them sometimes, <laughs> and it's dark out. And it was when we were in Florida last year on vacation, and I really thought we were about to, like, drive off of here. <laughs> I love you yeah. guys, but maybe not after dark, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now we're in the cafeteria, and it's the last scene. They're setting it up as this really weird Last Supper where there's a standing table <laughs> and, like, four lunch trays with the loaf so of bread on So much bread. <laughs> They're getting ready for this big final shoot, but Shirley comes in with the Dean, and this is when we get that Shirley is having production shut down because, ironically, Shirley is calling out the lack of separation between church and state, which totally tracks. The Dean is the type mm-hmm. of person who would be very upset that whatever's happening here oh, yeah. is religious. I don't buy that it would have gotten this far without the Dean knowing as present as the Dean is when things are going on. Yeah, I agree. But this is when we get an interesting take on how Abed gets out of this situation saying that a lot of stories could be looked from an angle and say that they're about God. Everything's about God. So how can you separate this? You know what I mean? And it's true. I can think of so many stories that if you think about, they have like a hero who is chastised and has to sacrifice himself Mm -hmm. for the better of the people and how it's a Jesus allegory. Obviously, yeah. there are some that are on purpose, like the Chronicles of Narnia. Mm-hmm. There are some that might not be on purpose, like the Lord of the Rings. It's. I think it's. it, it brings up an interesting conversation. Yeah, it does. Do you Certainly. think... Is there anything that comes to mind for you? There are stories... I'm um, sure there are some in anime, yeah. like A Hero's Journey, that could There are a lot in angle. anime that have like a lot of religious symbolism. Um, Evangelion that we yeah. talked about before is yeah. very very heavy symbolism like to the point that like at the end of the series spoiler alert at the like actually it's in the movie after the end of the series that's the actual ending yeah because anime is complicated uh like <laughs> everyone basically their souls kind of join into one giant fluid that encompasses the earth it's weird yeah, but when yeah, everyone like much like explodes. in reform neo-buddhism exactly right but essentially like it it everybody's sh- like soul explodes into the shape of a cross when it happens like there's a lot of cross symbolism yeah and a lot of anime a lot of like um references to like somebody who is like the messiah of, of yeah. things like that sort of thing so it's very very heavy over there I don't remember if it was on the podcast or on You Can't Disappear show, but when your mom was talking about watching some anime that you suggested and how sad they make her feel, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really wholesome. A lot of wholesome content from your mother yeah, today. Yeah, it was really it's been great. Fun. Back into the episode. Uh, so yeah, Shirley's shutting down production and Abed is able to talk his way out of it by saying everything is about that. They talk about the specific examples that we brought up, like Robocop or The Wrath of Khan or several other things mm-hmm. that I've never seen. <laughs> and the Dean gets stuck on Wrath of Khan and talks about how good it is. And Shirley rightfully brings up that, but Abed's movie is literally about Jesus. He's playing Jesus. <laughs> But even then, Abed's able to say something smooth that gives the Dean mm-hmm. goosebumps that gets him back on board. Yeah. Uh, Abed's really good at this type of stuff. He was made for it. And he t- he brings up Charlie Kaufman, too. He just says, I love Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> to not sound, like, unintelligent in the conversation of this type of movie. Right. So Abed tells him to take a seat so they can watch, and everything's going on as planned. <laughs> Shirley just is dumbfounded. <laughs> And Chang gets really close to Shirley's <laughs> ear, 
and says, say what you want about Abed, but that man cannot be killed. And then, like, laughs off to the background, just like a spider crawling right? away. Right, then comes back. I mean, it's, it's almost, almost like, like he's Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> I got it. Now another, we're continuing to build up Pierce's storyline, and I love this. All the old people are packed in the car. And, of course, the walking corpse is the one driving. <laughs> and, man, obviously they're not actually driving a car. This is on a soundstage yeah. with a green screen. And if you watch the old man acting like he's driving, you can tell the way he's <laughs> touching the wheel, the way he's just not present at all. <laughs> Well, it's I think really he fun. might – I think that's how that man might actually drive a car. <laughs> I think – where am I? He starts saying, where am I? And Leonard says, stop farting around. But the man's genuinely lost. He doesn't know what's <laughs> happening. And everyone becomes really upset. You think it? that they're going to crash and that they're going to be hurt. He doesn't even remember how to drive. So how do I drive, he says, and, taking his hands off the wheel and looking down confused. <laughs> you think what's going to happen. And on a sillier sitcom, it – it would cut away and they're on the interstate and then yeah. we cut to them all in the hospital or something, but no one's really hurt. But it's more true to life is that they never even got out of the Greendale park. <laughs> Cause he didn't lot. even know to press the gas pedal. They're he probably wrestling. just turned yeah. on the car. <laughs> it's on neutral. Clearly they're all <laughs> wrestling for the wheel as the car very slowly and lightly taps a light fixture. <laughs> and they're like, let's bail. And they run away. <laughs> I feel like things that are common, I probably shouldn't say this, things that are common with when you're old and you've lost some of that, Mm -hmm. and when you're young and you're stoned and you've lost some of that. Yeah. And you're like, ting, everybody out. Everybody out, yeah. (laughs) Pierce says, what about Richard? And Leonard says, screw Richard. It's every man (laughs) for himself, and they leave him there. He's just turned off. He's in the off position in the car. (laughs) They all skitter away. This is sweet. You know, Pierce comes to check on. He's like, Richard, are you all right? And he's like, am I Richard? And Pierce's like, yes. He's like, yeah, then I'm then probably I'm fine. fine. <laughs> who are those people that ran away? This is a funny parallel that I, there's been a movie that was released recently, an independent movie starring Anthony Hopkins, not the season four history professor of community, <laughs> uh, as a man with dementia. And, oh, wow. the, and the movie is told through his perspective. So oh, wow. the actress playing his daughter will change. Um, like, so oh, wow. she'll look like a different person sometimes. Or, yeah, I guess... That I guess seems it's, like a lot. I guess it's really disarming and it's really well made and that it is a lot. And I'm kind of scared to watch it, yeah. but I kind of feel like I should watch it. I would like to. But, but I like feel like that. it would scar me for life because... Mm-hmm. Uh, getting dementia is terrifying yeah let's bring the show home we're hitting the two hour mark and i'm having Woo. a great time though i, think I am this too is a great it's been really nice recording 2021 again. yeah and i'm excited to get back in the bulk of it mm-hmm. i think the live show is a ton of fun and that's going to continue being a new type of fun that i'm, yeah, I'm super excited to. for that so yeah pierce is being caring for this man instead of just leaving but the man is just clearly not there <laughs> and there's not a lot you can do Back to the cafeteria, Abed is watching an edit of his film with Starburns in front of the Last Supper setup. And basically, this is that moment where George Lucas saw for The Phantom Menace for the first time. Have you ever <laughs> seen that video of him? No. They're in like a private screening theater room, and it's as the movie turns off when they had watched it for the first time before it came no. out, when they were still putting finishing touches on it. And you see George is just sunk so deep into his seat, like kind of looking through his fingers. Are you and he's serious? Like, yeah, and he's like... 
well, we might have gone a little too far in some places. <laughs> oh, my God. That's what this feels like. Abed's watching his movie, and he's like, oh, my God. Wait, but then he went on to make episode two, which is worse? I in didn't say opinion. that he learned anything from it. But he, <laughs> there was definitely a, a sense in the room of, oh, oh we got to fix this good. with a lot of CGI. Yeah. Something's wrong here. I want to know what, what happened before that they... <laughs> And that's what's happening here. Abed's watching his movie that's been so hyped up, even if it's just on this small college campus, and mm-hmm. it's not what he thought it was going to be. It, it, of course, is rambling nonsense that doesn't make any sense, and he's embarrassed by it. Yeah. And this is a great way to bring us into the end of the episode and bring us out of this into that great resolve that we talked about with your mom. Yeah. Uh, Abed goes outside and out loud prays. I like that he addresses his prayer to God. He's not necessarily mm-hmm. praying to the Christian God or to the Muslim God. He's, I think religious or not, we all have those situations where we're like, just it's comforting in your head sometimes to just if there's any anything out there listening, yeah. I'm reaching out for some help. And I think everyone's been there. I think everyone's done the like, yeah. Uh, please, Jesus Christ, if you get me out of this jam, I will become I will be better. The, I will uh, become yeah. the second coming of you. I will. Mm-hmm. I will go to church every day, and and then you never do. But right. I think I think it's relatable. I think that's what Abed's going through here, and it also works as Jesus saying, uh, "Is there anything I can do besides being crucified?" Before yeah. he got crucified in the Garden of Gethsemane, this is Abed doing this before he's crucified by the critics. Exactly. He's reaching it's, it's... out to his father to, to take away the, the strain from him. Mm-hmm. And it's a nice prayer. And your mom brought it up, and we didn't totally delve into it. What do you think? Do you think Abed was intending for this to be heard by Shirley? Or do you think he is just playing the part? I don't know. My On the first watch, I definitely didn't think that he knew she was there. I didn't but either. I kind of think that he might have known she was there, but I don't know that it necessarily, like, I don't know. Either way, I think it still is just as, like, good. Because I think to some degree, you know, the when, the reason people look for religion a lot of the time is they need some comfort. They want something to know that someone has their back. And for mm-hmm. the study group, Abed in particular that's what the study group is to him that's a group of people that he can look to that, that accepts him for who he is yeah. and that he can find safety in so to him it almost like he is asking not that he thinks of Shirley as god but you know he wanted somebody to help him get out of this mess whether that be he's god, in over Shirley, his head or, and he needs yeah. grand intervention mm-hmm. but Shirley does hear and i also think it would have been easy for the show to take this a different direction where Shirley uses this against Abed mm-hmm. and wants to one-up him or wants to embarrass him for embarrassing her religion. Yeah. But instead, she sees a boy who is reaching out for help, and she has the power to help him, she thinks, and mm-hmm. she decides to use it. Regardless now, later of how on it makes the... her look, you know. She... Yeah, you're right. Because she's about to make herself look really bad. That being said, she's already made herself look about as bad <laughs> yeah. in this scenario. But you're right that she puts herself to the side so she can help out Abed. And yeah, I think Shirley's not perfect and she has trouble hiding from Abed in the end of the episode that she intervened. Mm-hmm. But she does a really good job of trying. Yeah, uh, She overhears and she walks away. And Abed kind of comes to terms with, okay, it is what it is. I'll just finish the movie. Mm -hmm. 
So he's walking in for the final shot, I would imagine. He's getting ready to take his seat at the Last Supper. This is really funny. This is so weird it's really and bizarre well to watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's one of those community things that's more like funny in a you-gotta-think-about-it kind of way mm-hmm. and not exactly ha-ha funny. Yeah. Not to cu- talk it down, because this is batting way higher than most sitcoms bat. This is something out there, something Adult Swim level almost. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know. It's just weird. It's a very weird episode. Yeah. We're definitely, uh, you know, we talked so much in season one of like, when is it going to become the community that we love? And if this isn't my shining example of community that I love, it's definitely this with the chicken fingers from the last episode. Yeah. Or not chicken fingers, the chicken truck Ten- that we watched mm-hmm. last time. It, we're there. We're so yeah. clearly in the deep of it now where season two is just batting 100 as far as concepts go. Exactly. And we get this really beautiful sequence of Shirley coming in with a baseball bat and destroying everything of note in the room, destroying hard drives, destroying a camera, destroying mm-hmm. hard, uh, destroying just evidence, anything that has recording of the film. And nobody can stop it. Everyone's just cringing. And Abed has this great look on his face where he knows what's happening and mm-hmm. that Shirley's doing her a favor and also that maybe God heard his prayers. Yeah. Is what I see here. And it's a nice moment. And the music that undercuts it, the epic Lord of the Rings-esque music. <laughs> it, 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 it's, the way that community can be so hand-in-hand, hand, something that's ridiculous, silly, but takes it dead seriously. And it's funny, but it has like an intensity to it. Yeah. And it also has a genuine emotional background to it as well. It's amazing that they can do all that. You know, it, it, this show is something else. Yeah. It's so good, so good. This scene that we get right here, I need to ask you a question, Steven. Mm-hmm. We cut to uh, Jeff is in, who looks very nice in that jean yeah. shirt jacket. Uh, Jeff is in the uh, like office talking to a woman about picking up Pierce, who's been kept in Greendale jail, as we talked about a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Steven, does it make me a racist person that when I saw the back of this woman's head, I thought it was Troy? Yes. No, you thought it was Troy? Similar. No, it's not. For a split second, that I thought it was Troy. That looks nothing like in this season, hair. In this season, not, it doesn't look like that. Like it, I was very quickly corrected and understood the correction, obviously. But in this season, Troy's hair is a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do all black people look the same from behind. I'm sorry, what was that, Mary? <laughs> <laughs> No, of course they don't. And I know that that's racist. No, that's funny, though. That's funny. Uh, And apparently, this scene was almost entirely improvised from Joel. Really? Well, not here. But uh, that Jeff's here to be removed as the emergency contract mm-hmm. uh, contact, but then sees that Pierce is suffering and that he's probably learned his lesson. He doesn't want Pierce to suffer that. So he says, you know, keep me as the emergency contact mm-hmm. and I'll take Pierce. It's after that was improvised, the whole thing about. Oh, and put Britta Perry in there and yeah, call her three funny. times a week at night. She I guess the, yeah. the scene just needed like a button, a little joke mm-hmm. to button the end of it that they didn't have, and Joel just delivered and came up with it. Nice. It is funny to see how they're all locked in this office, and when uh, when Pierce gets to leave, the way that all the other men are like, the claw, like you've been chosen. Yeah. Like, like watching him like he's the fish getting out of the bowl. I don't. It's really funny. Yeah. 
It's a nice exchange. A very like sticking with the family dynamic where Jeff tells him to go get in the car. He's like, it's not my fault. He's like, get in the car, which yeah, I don't know like, about you, Zach. I never got into like bad trouble, but I definitely like had situations like this for sure. Yeah, or my mom was like, right, you know, I never like got suspended or anything, but I definitely there were times where my mom like and was not pleased to. We're pick airing me up to of family grievances. I know for a fact that whether it was your fault or not, you were definitely a but it was this other person's fault type person. I don't know that I was necessarily that bad about it. I didn't, if I did something bad, I didn't, like, try and pin it on someone else. Maybe not pin it on someone else, but try to have the blame not pointed towards you. Well, you know, when it wasn't necessary to be pointed You're the innocent me. bystander that just happened to get swept in on the prostitutes and cocaine and heroin. Well, every time, Zach, I'd never choose to be there. The, the big, scary I, bad man brought me here. But I'm know. not going to snort what's in front of me? Am I I'm not, not going to be rude. It's a dinner party. Am I not going to accept the services that chastity is willing to provide <laughs> that have already been paid for, not by me? Is that wrong? I don't want to hurt her feelings. Right. <laughs> But yeah, the, this little bit with Joel is, is improv, and I think that he did it really well, and it's a nice button on it. And Jeff gets some nice little moments for this definitely being an episode that has nothing to do with him, and he takes supporting character on his chin. You know, he makes yeah. a good supporting character when he needs to be one. Now it's the next day. Everyone's arriving to anthropology class, and Shirley is feeling really anxious because of what she did. I'm sure she feels good about what she did for Abed, mm-hmm. but obviously... You know, kind of like when Jeff and Britta embarrassed themselves in front of everyone in the end of season two. I think my cat's meowing. Did you hear that? I didn't. She wants in. Uh, It's similar to that where, like, Shirley's really embarrassed herself, and now she's got to face all these people because it happened at school. Yeah. And boy, do I not miss feelings like that because I remember that. I remember the feelings of, like, your nightmare happens, and then you have to go to school, and they're all in your class. Even, like, you know, we were both in the show choir marching band bubble of people and like every time that you were dating somebody and then not dating somebody it was always a thing yes yeah and And i don't think that's just a music kid thing that's just that's just high school yeah yeah and like that first day after you broke up with somebody regardless of how the breakup went like you always were like just dreading it because you knew it was gonna be awkward and you were gonna have to see them in the hallway and like yep yep And I was somebody who didn't use my own locker because I carried around a backpack even though we weren't allowed to. And so I like, always had my stuff in my girlfriend's locker. Nice. Mistake. Your Awkward girlfriend thing. meaning my girlfriend? I mean, did we share a locker at a time? Maybe. What the f***? <laughs> Get your nasty ass uh, contraband backpack out of my sweet, sweet future spouses yeah you know you you think that someone's locker is in the sanctity of, of <laughs> you would whatever. think you would whatever. think don't worry i i cloroxed it i don't want to know what you did to it <laughs> have some class have some class <laughs> there was a really funny thing where lil posted uh on facebook she's like my boyfriend got to interview joel McHale, but it was a picture of like all three of us and i was <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Well, I mean, what's not true about the statement? None. It was a hundred percent true. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think they meant me, but but it made me laugh. Cause I almost wanted to comment and be like, apply. "Thank you." 
But then I was like, maybe I shouldn't do that on all of Facebook. When uh, this is just a total shit post. Whenever I imagine that Lily and I will get married and that we will have children together, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's something that's happening at this point. When it happens and we announce the pregnancy, can it be a picture of you and I both with a hand on their stomach? Yes. And say we're expecting. Yes. 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 Player four coming March. Player four. Yeah. <laughs> We're a very successful thruple. Lil's not yeah. involved a whole lot, but <laughs> I know Lily listens to the podcast, but I don't think they often make it two hours deep. So yeah, I this feel is safe. safe. <laughs> it's a safe space. It's just us now. That's amazing. So let's wrap this thing up. This is where we get. Let's undercut that with a really a truly beautiful moment where. What Shirley did plays out well for Abed because everyone thinks what's a, what was supposed to happen happened. Mm-hmm. They think Abed's a genius and they think Shirley's a villain. And Shirley is obviously bothered by that, but she was willing to do that. Uh, I don't think Abed knew that she was mm-hmm. listening to him because he's putting it together here. Yeah. Yeah, you heard me praying. And Shirley won't admit it, but she's not good at hiding it. So it's yeah. pretty clear. Duncan walks in and is very excited because Abed sent a new link. They think that Abed's the king of viral media, so they just think it's going to be awesome. Uh, <laughs> the great exchange between Britta and uh, Duncan. So you're just going to drop all pretense of actually teaching us anything? And Duncan goes, yeah. Yep, here, here we, we go. go. <laughs> <laughs> and we close out the episode with a really great uh, uh, thing that Abed put together that's the perfect – church trying to be hip video Mm -hmm. that shot of troy rapping from on top of that big crane it's so early indie rap videos oh yeah when you just have a bunch of people behind you just like jumping mm -hmm. around and there's some really funny lines all throughout it like the stuff about ice cream and and brownies and pie yeah and i love then that shirley's like you finished my movie and she's so moved and abed kind of cheekily says I don't know what you're talking about the same. It's it's a really beautiful moment. The way that Yvette looks at Danny, grabs his mm-hmm. hand, and Abed, Danny as Abed, grabs her hand back and makes that eye contact. They tell each other that they humble each other, and they mean it. Shirley yeah. really means that and wouldn't often be willing to admit that. I mean, I got chills just now. With, yeah, you know, it's, it's like... a beautiful moment. And because we're watching it slow and taking it beat by beat, the look in their eyes and the admiration and love for each other when they're so on the opposite ends Mm -hmm. of the line when they're able to meet in the middle together look what they do yeah and it's beautiful and i think if we were ever making a list of most emotionally nuanced moments in community or underrated emotional moments in community i think this would have to be on it now after Mm -hmm. how i felt this time and i like many people mentioned this episode wasn't a standout to me in my head. It's a standout to me because it's so different and mm-hmm. off the wall, but I remember it being kind of a drag, and I didn't really feel that way this time. No. I think most of the stuff worked if you're willing to let that it probably wouldn't ever happen slide. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally. believe that's pretty much the end of the episode. They're holding hands, they're watching the video that Abed's made for Shirley, and... And then Duncan <laughs> changes his mind, and now he's going to start teaching because Abed's ruined the internet. And it ends with the end of the rap with uh, uh, Troy saying, word, word of God, yo. yo. <laughs> 
and let's run this thing home. The the tag is very slight, but very funny. Yeah. When uh, Troy walks in wearing the same thing as Jeff, and they argue about who's going to go and change. Very common sitcom joke. Mm-hmm. Then Abed comes in also wearing the same thing. It becomes clear that this was a setup and that they planned on this, and they all talk in unison. Hilarious. Hilarious. So, so you guys, guys bought one, one of my outfits and, and then staked, staked out my apartment every day until, until I wore it. That is not pathetic. Okay. Okay. Well, well good, good job. job. I guess I'm I heading home age now. Now. I <laughs> love the way that Donald and and Danny were able to play off saying what Jeff is saying just like a half beat after. Just a little They're bit later, yeah. They're just trailing behind him, like following whatever he's saying. And then I love that it escalates even more and Annie <laughs> shows up and she was supposed to be a part of this, but she was too late. Jeff's already stormed off, so they kind of do it to her as well. It's so funny. It's really silly. I don't know if I'd put it on a top of the top end tag list. No, but... And it's really disconnected from the episode. They all are, but this is really dis- disconnected from the episode. Mm-hmm. But it's funny, and that's what closes out the episode this week. And quick, no time to spare. This is going to be a two-and-a-half-hour podcast, but I think it was really stuffed with good stuff. And yeah, for we've sure. We've had two-and-a-half-hour podcasts that are way less stuffed with good stuff before. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go right into it. Who in this episode is the MVP for you? Okay, I'm gonna. I've gone back and forth in this. I'm gonna go with the person that I, after first watch, gave it to. I'm gonna give my MVP to Pierce. I think that Pierce was firing on all cylinders this episode. I didn't dislike a single thing that was in his storyline. I think he showed a lot of heart and a lot of like really good just acting in general by Chevy Chase in this yeah. episode. Um, obviously, Shirley and Abed honorable mentions. Shirley does amazing in this episode. Abed does amazing, but I'm gonna give mine to to Pierce. I can't give it to Pierce just because the ep- it's not a Pierce episode yeah. and and I get giving it to French characters sometimes but this is very much an Abed and Shirley episode I feel mm-hmm. like I've got to give Pierce honorable mention because he was endlessly entertaining in this episode yeah. and didn't have any of the Pierceness that I don't care for that much and it had all of the the heart and and I don't know. I think Chevy did a good job and came mm-hmm. off kind of sweet in his uh, yeah, do goody two shoesness. But I'm gonna give my MVP to Shirley, mm-hmm. just because there aren't a lot of chances to give it to her. And I think Absolutely. they walked that line just right in this episode of her being a, a religious person who's true to her convictions but has her problems. And she's not just a caricature. She's a real woman and mother who's struggling with stuff and how she connects to people and how her faith fits into that. And I think Yvette did great. Sometimes I think Yvette's performance is uh, not 100% on the show, just like I do with Chevy sometimes. Mm -hmm. I haven't called it out really before, but I do feel that way sometimes. And in this episode, it shows how she can just nail it out of the park when they give her the material. Absolutely, she can. And that's Messianic Myths and Ancient Peoples. We did it. It was fun. We did. We're back. It's 2021. You can't disappoint a podcast. What's up? Hey, yo. Yeah, we and do. I yeah we well, we have one more thing right. Well, yeah, I. What do you mean? We're talking about the Patreon? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to close this out. We're okay. So we did the live pre-show today, which is great. Honestly, so great that I think I might put an audio version of it on the podcast feed to get people to start watching when they happen. Yeah, because I thought it was really fun, and I it thought your mom really was fun. great, and the involvement from people was fun. So every Thursday in January. Come hang out with us live, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, 
on all of our social platforms. We did it on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And you can ask us questions. You can. We'll probably play some games. Uh, a piece of news: our friend Alex Webster is coming back to the podcast in the end of January. Woo-hoo! So he'll be on one of those free "You Can't Disappear" shows, and I have some ideas for what to do with him. And on February 1st, our Patreon is launching. Another small announcement that you'll hear more about. We're in talks to do an all-day live stream the day that we're launching the Patreon with uh, kind of a telethon vibe. And if enough people subscribe to our Patreon on day one, at the end of that telethon, Steven and I are going to do something really silly that we're talking about. And so we're really excited, and I'm starting to I'm starting to work on the second project that I, I'm doing, the second podcast, and I'm excited for that. And yeah, so I want to each week through January take a look at one of the tiers. Mm-hmm. So Let's this week we're going to take a look at the basic tier. We call it the Chicken Finger Crime Family, and it's the five dollar tier. So our entry level Patreon tier is five dollars per month, and it will come with access to You Can't Disappear Show, which we'll do live. Every week uh, before we record the podcast, it will include access to all of our premium Patreon podcasts, like one called Nerd Stalgic that I'm working on, mm-hmm. and an anime podcast that Steven is working the on. The name is still together. in progress, but, but that's fine. I have yeah. some ideas, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun to uh, use it as a area to workshop stuff, and if we've ever had ideas of something we want to try, we mm-hmm. can do it as a podcast on the side for our, for our patrons. It will also include access to Patreon-exclusive game nights and other live stream events, I think, aside from the pre-show every week. At least once or twice a month, we'll hop on a live stream of an evening on Patreon and yeah. have a group Among Us game or a group uh, Jackbox trivia night. Or maybe we could even plan together, like someone suggested we should do a whole episode of community trivia. Maybe we could do a live stream where we challenge people to community trivia. Yeah, That's something awesome. that you'll also get at that $5 entry level uh, tier of our Patreon. You'll get early access to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast whenever I get the episode. And that's going to be according to my schedule. Anytime I get the episode done before Monday morning at midnight when it comes out every week, you'll have it. You'll listen to it first. And that'll include future interviews that we do. If we Mm -hmm. uh, – the Joel interview was done for a week and a half before it got posted to the free feed. In the future, you'll hear stuff like that early if you're a patron. And you'll also automatically get one entry into future giveaways. So I'm thinking that'll probably be a end-of-season thing we keep doing, like we did yeah, with the I care so. package at the end of Season 1. Uh, you can still do all of the stuff that we'll let everyone do to get more entries into the giveaway. But as a $5 patron, you don't have to do anything, and you'll get one entry even if you don't know there's a giveaway going on. Yeah. So that's our $5 Patreon plan. And I think there's a lot there. We're going to put out a lot of extra content. That live yeah, show is going to be every week. And you're going to get to hang out with us. And there are three more tiers that are higher that include a lot more that we'll share with you in the coming weeks. What do you have yeah. to say about that, Stephen? I'm super excited. Um, I think if today's like pre-show was any indication of what it can be like, it's just going to be a load of fun. And I'm so excited for it. Yes, I think we should release that pre-show as an audio podcast yeah. because I think it went well. So I think that wraps it up this week, don't you? Yeah, we're, we're I do. We're back with a vengeance for 2021. We and are back and kicking. Yeah, yeah. And this two and a half hour podcast, who knows? Maybe that is going <laughs> to be how they all turn out. Right. A, a massive special thanks to Stephen's mother, Mary, for coming on the show. Apart yeah. from just being your mom and a special person in your life. Her perspective is is so valid and important, and, and the way that she speaks really gets things through. 
And I, I think I, I really feel honored that she would come and and lend that to our show, and that she seemed excited about it. Yeah, it really as cool. much as I joke about it, I am like so proud to like have her as my mom because she's so insightful and caring and funny. So it's it was really great to get to do this with her. So I'm very grateful for and that. And the today. support that she shows us is above and beyond. Yeah, she's always yeah. sharing the stuff and showing it to people, and so that's cool. So let's wrap it up, Stephen. What do you have to say to the people? It's it's a new day for the show, and it's an ex- exciting time for our show. Yeah. But it's not so exciting for the world at large. Uh, what do you want to leave the people with this week? I think that a lot of people did a really good work in 2020 about being educated and learning about things that they maybe had been ignorant about before. And I don't want that to stop just because the year's over. I think that now... There's a lot of opportunity in the world and in our country specifically for growth and for people to kind of a shift of mindset. I think that yesterday's, you know, terrorism was a display of of how much there needs to be a shift. And so I just hope that people don't lose the steam and the passion that a lot of them had last year. So there's still a lot of work to be done, but I'm very optimistic about what I think people's hearts can do. I find it hard to find optimism sometimes in times like this. And Mm -hmm. you can't help but be a little optimistic or else you'll just go crazy. But I I love you for thinking that way because it's really hard to see that sometimes because, I don't know, it feels like if we're going to have this growth, uh, the ball's been in the other court for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it seems like what happened yesterday might yesterday as of recording the attack on capitol hill Mm -hmm. the it it seems that i don't know it's woken some people up but then after that did you see how many republicans in the house uh, were still voting for the opposition to the election results yeah the ball's in the other court and maybe this would be a bit of a wake-up call but sometimes i think it's far too gone Mm -hmm. but I do believe that there is so much joy and hope and and radical thinking and positive radical thinking and and just I, I there is hope but mm-hmm. man are we pretty lost right now. Yeah, for sure. And as always, I guess not to end it on a total downer, I'm so thankful to have this show Yeah, because me too. that half-hour pre-show was so much fun, and mm-hmm. doing this and being silly about a show that we love is so much fun, and the community that we have through community is so positive. Yeah. that there is positive and there's stuff to look forward to and there's plenty of stuff to look forward to on the show in 2021. Yeah? Yeah. So let's get out of here, right? Get out of here. Hang out with us on Thursday at 1230 Eastern. Uh, you can't disappreciate show. Watch us live. Hang out with us live. It's going to be real weird. And next week we'll be back to talk about an episode that we briefly talked about before, Epidemiology, the season yeah. two Halloween episode. Which I'm your- so excited for. Yeah. What a good episode. <laughs> so send in your trivia, your MVP, and your favorite funny moment to can't disappoint podcast at gmail.com. And always stay tuned with us on our socials to see what else we've got cooking. Where can they find us? Uh, they can find us on Twitter at you can't disappod. Mm-hmm. They can email us at you can't disappoint podcast. Nope. nope. You can't disappoint. Nope. No, you. Ah, can't email disappoint us. podcast. Email yeah. us at can't disappoint podcast. <laughs> at gmail.com take it one more time one more time you can email us you can us email stuff. us at can't disappoint podcast at gmail.com good job buddy we're also on instagram 
at you can't disappod. <laughs> no, can't disappod podcast. <laughs> We're on Twitter at you can't disappod. Uh, and you know the thing is, I know that you're not inebriated with no no juice or the devil's jazz lettuce because we've been talking for three hours (laughs) i just don't know my mom even called it out i don't know our social media our email any of it i regularly look at them and check for things but i couldn't tell you what the ad is i don't at myself yes well anyway i think that's it (laughs) i think it's been a great show i really do and it's been fun and we're looking forward to next week and for the year ahead from inside the Dreamatorium, Black Lives Matter. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. What was that? What was that hesitation? <laughs> I, I, I'm just ashamed of myself. <laughs> All right. All right. That's as good of a place to call it as any. Oh, shout out at the end to the people over at the Meta Meta podcast. Yeah. Oh, my God. We did an interview. This past week. Uh, I don't know if it'll be out or not by the time this comes out. But stay tuned over there. We had a fun chat with them. So much stuff to look forward to. It's all going to be great. Uh, keep your wits about you. Um, don't be a terrorist. Yeah, don't be and a terrorist. Have a great week. We'll see you. Didn't think we'd have to say that on here, but apparently we do. Have a great week, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. What should you want to know? Don't you mind about the future? Don't you try to think ahead? Save tomorrow for tomorrow.